Okay. Could I have maybe a bit louder in my head, in my cans? Because I'm deaf. This one? Uh, I'm really deaf. That's it, that's it, that's it. That's it. Like there that? you fucking go. We're in. I'm going to turn mine down. <laughs> um, hello, my name is uh, William Burnett, and uh, this is the latest episode of, of Talk Video, and I'm here with uh, Carl Regis O'Connor. Is that, is, that your, is that your middle name? Surprisingly not. No, where's... Uh, no. And uh, some people may know know Carl from uh, Regis <laughs> <laughs> and, and other uh, things with the boom, boom, boom. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, I don't really, I don't really know that much to tell you the truth. I just know that <clears throat> you're really close with a, a good friend of mine. And when I see you on the street, uh, mm-hmm. we can usually have a pretty good conversation. We get on. And you're uh, you're you're friends with some people that I know, and you do like music stuff. With people that you might know. Yeah, and uh, they all say nice things about you, too. Well, there you go. I haven't heard any bad stuff yet. I've heard stuff, bad stuff about the old you. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> well the in- that, that's the stuff people want to talk about. Sorry, but... Yeah. Well, we won't talk about that at well, all. You can t- totally talk about... Well, it's all fair game here tonight. So, um, I don't. I didn't prepare at all or anything, but uh, um, you got your water and a nice, comfortable chair. and um, a Very nice chair. And uh, I'm gonna have a beer today, but um, so uh, what's going on, man? You're you're uh, you live in New York City now, or, or uh, um, everybody asks me that. I, I kind of live. You don't know. Tr- I live transatlantic halfway. I live in Greenland, like Madonna, almost. What's that other transatlantic? Wasn't the transatlantic style of music as well? Somebody wasn't it? Right. <laughs> that was that. What was that? Uh, that was a. Uh, Enjoy or something, right? Yeah, well, like or Mr. Mister and um, what else? I don't. Aha. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't know who's from Iceland. <laughs> Bjork, Bjork. No, but the, my transatlantic thing that I always think of when, when somebody says that is that uh, Madonna, people got on Madonna for a little while when she was dating Guy Ritchie. Uh-huh. And she had that, she kind of picked up some of the, the English accent and yeah, people yeah. were making fun of her and she said she had a transatlantic accent. Yeah. She, yeah, she did, didn't she? Does Are you becoming more American now? I think I have to, yeah, I definitely have to sort of uh, monitor the way I speak about certain things just for the benefit of, just, you know, because we can do that. We can moderate that. English people are pretty good at doing that. Americans, I mean, when you come to England, I think, especially like, I think I went into, a, you know, if you go into a, a bar and you ask for a tin of, can I have a tin of beer? They just wouldn't understand what you meant. Can I have a tin of beer? You can re- keep repeating yourself. Yeah, they Not that I drink beer, even though it's just, it's so obvious. Maybe in New York, you might be able to. You know what? It's a lot different now. Yeah. Than it was. It's completely. Yeah. You know. It's it's definitely anglified now. <laughs> Whatever that is. <laughs> so um, yeah. So you do this music stuff for a living, and and I guess it's probably been pretty much your only job. Yeah. Well, it's not. It hasn't been my only job, but I'm pretty at this stage now. I'm. I'm. I'm you know. There's no turning back. Well, it's not. I'm unemployable. I don't think I could do. It. I think I'd be a danger to the but public. If so I if else. you had to to stop now and do something else, what would you do? I don't know. It's just, it's there's no no other. Well, th- there's no plan B, and there never was. That's that's the thing, you know. Just do it because I have no other choice, and that was that was it from day one. Some people are really good; they can, yeah, they, like they do it. You know, they've got like a sideline and something else. But you know, I just never had that. You know, you could do like dog breeding or something. Well, you could. No, but, so but it, it wouldn't turn. Yeah. It so did you realize that music was that thing for you like really early on, or or it took a while, or you were just. You had no idea what was going on. I think I like I think I like the idea of fame a lot more than music. And fame, yeah, really, yeah. Well, just like the potential. Of you like wanted people to know who you were when you walked in the room. Well, I, and I think I just knew the 
power of rock and roll, what it was. I mean, it was the only way that the working classes could get into art, really, in England especially. And like, if you could do that through, you know, m music, I think it was... That's a, that's admirable for someone to say that. Usually people wouldn't come out and say I'm just that. in it for the music, man. No, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, but I'm, I'm, that's the last thing I'm in it for. I'm in it, I'm in it for the... I like when people are straightforward about that stuff. I, th no, I think initially... I think a lot of people think that, but they would never yeah. say it. I think when you, you know, I'm just sort of speaking for like, you know, when, you, when you're a kid and stuff and, you, and that's the first thing you, you're ever into. I think that's what, you, that's what draws you into it and, you know. So you, you're, you're, you're from uh, England? I am. And uh, which part of England are you from? I'm from Birmingham. Birmingham. Birmingham? Birmingham. That's how you would say it? Yeah, B Birmingham. 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 <laughs> Brum. Brum. And, uh, and where is that in, in uh, do you have like a, you know, how if you're yeah, from I mean, Detroit, it, you, you show your hand it, on <laughs> well, it's um, it's in the centre of England. I mean, to simplify it, it's kind of the home of heavy metal. I mean, you know, was it like a, it was like a, a is it like a crossroad? There's like a train station. Is it like a? Well, I mean, it's the second biggest city in England, so you know, by, by considerable way. But it's also like an industrial village. It's not really kind of known. Mm. I mean, you know, Sabbath come from there. Oh, that's you know, good. Judas Priest, half a Zepp half Led Zeppelin, you know, so it's definitely a heavy metal town. So and that's what it's known for, Napalm Death and So when you that stuff was you, you grew up and and that's Well that. you know that was around, I mean, you know, that was that was definitely around and you know, especially and, and near near that as well there was Scarlet or Two Tone with the two tone label specials and stuff like that it was from nearby Coventry, that was the West Midlands. See but that's see to me that's all like a that's really classic stuff. Like I can still listen to Black Sabbath. Yeah, I can still listen to Led Zeppelin. I can still listen to the Specials. Yeah, and they, these are all a great bands. So it seems like a pretty good place to be from. Yeah, I mean, I think it was. I mean, <coughs> it wasn't necessarily ju just about that music. It was. I think it was just about. It was. I, I really hit a good time of being at that particular time being young. And so, and stuff, so what time was that? You're how old are you? Sorry, am I allowed? Four point nine. Forty nine. Yeah. So you're seven years older than I am. So I like to get a reference because then I can say, you know, when you say you're thirteen. It was like... Um, do you do that online a lot? Yeah. No, you like think about it like when you first got on the internet, you were probably like 21 or something. No, nah, mate. No. <laughs> 17. No. I think 30. I th probably, yeah, more, more than that. So I'm know, just trying to get put it in perspective I mean, you know, the, the I mean, the thing is like... So you remember the 70s. Yeah, vividly. Yeah, see, I, I, rem I mean, and I remember vividly when Elvis died. The night Elvis died, yeah. I remember, you know, being devastated. So yeah, yeah that I was 1977. That's correct. Correct. That was the year I was born. That's the only reason I know really? that. Okay, yeah. there you go. No, I was. I think that was my first time that I really understood death, rock and roll. And I put it all together, and it was like that was a huge, especially in my family. It was a huge thing. So yeah, I remember it vividly. You know. <laughs> so that, yeah, so yeah, I remember the 70s. So that's like your 9/11. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I thought, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, you know what I mean. You have these moments that you can like, uh, you know, mark in your life, and that would be one of them. You know, well, it was like definitely early one. one. I think it was definitely the first one where you do sort of re you realize sort of yeah, something. <laughs> and that's the same time like Star Wars came out. Then at the same well, time, well, that's what, I mean, you've got to remember back then. I mean, Star Wars came out in seventy-seven in the states, but oh yeah, in, in, the, in those in, in those days, it took about a year to get to England. Yeah, you know, it wasn't it wasn't as if it was out three weeks later or something yeah, yeah. you know you couldn't pirate it but that was the thing you know talking if you're asking about music and stuff like that i mean look hit a quite a good time for music because it was all very kind it was all british music at that yeah. time american music seemed really old-fashioned and very dated at that particular point you know so in the in the 70s as a little kid what was the what were the big things like a 
you weren't listening to the Bay City Rollers or something. I like love that. the Rollers. Okay, so. absolutely love the Rollers. I mean, those. Th- what, I mean, funny you say. I mean, Gary Glitter. Yeah. The convicted paedophile. Yeah, Paul. Got to separate would, um, the, po- the poem from the poet, you know. I'm talk- I'm still in the seventies. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I, I love that. That you know, kind of being. I mean, that, I was very much aware of that. So that's what I kind of like. I think that was my first. But I think the first record I ever bought or had bought to me was like a record called King of the Cops by Billy Howard, which is like a comedy record. This guy does all impersonations of Cop, Kojak and Columbo. And comedy records. So you could have gone into comedy? I couldn't have gone into comedy. Well, who knows? Maybe, that, well, there you go. I can go into comedy next. <laughs> start a podcast, go yeah, into comedy. Can you imagine that? I see the gears turn. <laughs> you never know. Then you don't have to get on the plane anymore. God, yeah. I mean, that's such. I mean, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll yeah. get to that later. Yeah. But uh, so, so in the seventies, you're 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 a little ass kid in, in Birmingham, and uh, you're listening to Bay City Rollers and, and uh, Black Sabbath. No, or like I don't probably, know. Probably, probably not Black. Well, Sabbath. Well, see, here's the thing: is like I watched some of the past podcasts, and I went, and I, sometimes sometimes I got too stuck on like the early years. You know what I mean? So I'm, I don't want to go through the whole like. What was school and all that? Yeah, like yeah how, that, how was you, school you, you, and what was your, yeah, your first you, record? Like, I want to kind of you just want to get to the meat of these, the these moments, you know. Yeah. But <clears throat> was there like, what do you remember? I mean, you you said the Elvis thing, but what do you remember? Like some big things that were like turning points for you, or you decided music was the coolest thing, or or your older brother or sister? Or something yeah, like. I think you always have a you know friends and a, you know older friends who get you into stuff. But yeah. I think it was. Uh, it's like I said, I think at that particular point, especially independent music in England, um, it was a really big, I think it wasn't so big here in America. It wasn't as, it didn't have so much effect early on yeah. because America's just so big. But in, the, in England, it was very DIY. And then especially at the start of the 80s, uh, you know, the revolution moved from the clubs into the charts, especially electronic music. And, and, w- and when you talk about that stuff, it's this is like a um, Daniel Miller, like Mute, is that? I know. Yeah, well, Daniel, yeah. Is yeah. that, that's kind of one of the, so did that start in the 70s? Is that correct? Yeah, 70, 78. Yeah, 78. Yeah. And then uh, were, were there other labels before that that were like a... a well, I, I think, I mean, yeah, there were. I mean, you got things like Stiff and Fast, but they are all they were all started at the same time and it was all very much a cottage industry sort of thing. You know, it was a case of, you know, you can w- watch any documentary on rough trade people just yeah i mean i've seen i've seen the bbc documentary called diy or whatever well there you go it, but that, but that is that, yeah. that going to give me everything you know what i mean or is i'm it not too sure it gives you everything but i think <laughs> it, you get you, you know you probably get a good sense of what it's like to do that really i mean i think it was that yeah. stripping away perfect you know stripping away the professional aspect of what was awful about music up until that point really you know yeah and, and uh i mean th- a lot of people you know they would they would mark that time that the the Sex Pistols or whatever kind yeah. of was a punk, but that's not really the same thing, is it? Well, I mean, the, th- the, thing, the thing is, like, the Pistols, even though it had such an amazing, a, a huge effect on a certain amount of people, it didn't, it wasn't really, it didn't really explode as much as people might think it did, you know, yeah. generally over the population sort of thing. The, 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 the aftershock of what happened and the people they influenced probably was the aftershock that, you know, the people who were influenced by the Pistols went out, you know, yeah. I mean, because he went, he went on to do, like, PIL, which was way cooler. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, that's... Yeah. <laughs> pill, <laughs> for, pill, for me. No, pill, come on, Metal Box and Pillar. Yeah, yeah, pillar, yeah. pillar that, that doesn't even have to... We don't even have to say and, that's and true. So you're, like, a little kid. You're, like, eight or something, and you're you're finding out about this music. Are you... You're, well, it's, is yeah. it... 
how how you're going to the record store? Or you hear it on the radio, or is it? Like yeah, I mean, it's just like I mean, I wasn't when I was eight. I wasn't, you know. But you're I, not, I mean, you know, you're I, not I, buying I was, like Human League seven inches or something. Well, I was buying Human League seven inches when they came out. But okay. I, I, I was eleven then. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah, when I was eight, 19, that's nineteen seventy-eight. I wasn't buying Taya. Yeah, what was it? You know, Shawadi Wadi, and <laughs> you heard of them? No, but what is that? The is that I just recently found out about that. There was like a, a duo, uh, uh, what do you call that? When an acapella group, yeah, and they would cover songs. They had, their biggest one was uh, the covered Yazoo, only you. Oh, that was the Flying Pickets. Yeah, yeah. I just I just found out. Oh, about, I was like, how have I never heard this song? Before? I think that actually got to number one. I think the Yazoo ver- the y- the Yazoo yeah. version got to number two. But yeah, that it was so good. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Christmas. I think it was a Christmas. Uh-huh. It was just all that kind of syrup at Christmas. It got the, yeah. But was that that like? Uh, this is a, probably an aside, but is that like a um, was that con- like a respectable thing? Because they were like on these indie labels, weren't they? With the Flying Pickets, are yeah. respect. I, d- I don't think the Flying Pickets necessarily were. I didn't. Were they on the same level as uh, Human League and Yazoo? I'd say no. <laughs> okay, that's just that's a, my ju- question. Ju- ju- just a cl- yeah, just a, I, I, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna find that record. I, I mean, if, if you see a copy, pick it up for me. Yeah, well, I'll, it's, I'll pay it's, you it's, back. It's I'm sure it's everywhere, but I just I think know. it's definitely your shop. Definitely. No, I haven't seen it. Really? No, there's we have different shitty records than you do. In, in the okay. UK. You know what? I'm gonna make it my mission. No, don't don't record. make it your mission. Just if you come across it. Don't okay. And just, it's just if it pops, I'll pay you back. You know, yeah. Or I'll trade you something for it. But yeah, <laughs> I'll give it. But um, uh, all right. Sorry. Uh, what were we talking about? We're, you're, so you're a little kid. Uh, is there a moment when you, you know, find this record store or, or go to a youth club or, or see a yeah, band? Well, I, th- or I think well, I think back then and stuff. It was there was only like really. Uh, not that it was grim or anything, but there was only like two shows really on TV that like were the ones you really waited for during. Actually, just one, and it, and mm-hmm. it was just like this bright mo- this 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 uh, bright moment in a week that. All of a sudden, was transmitted transmitted into your home and stuff like what, that. What was that show? Stop at the Pops. Stop I mean, at the Pops. You know, I know that sounds awful now, but the, the what day did it come on? Fridays. It came on Thursday. You know, Thursday night. So yeah. Thursday night, you stay up. Well, it was like seven thirty and stuff, or seven o'clock. So you have like dinner. You, 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 you have t- You have tea time. Tea time. Sorry. No, you have, you Pardon have, me. Yeah. And then you watch it with your entire family. Well, I used to watch it with my granddad and so on. I mean, that was the actually you're talking about a pivotal pivotal moment. I mean, it, it was like you know, I think it was like was it 1981 and stuff. And he watched it. You know, this is a you know a man who's sort of probably seen Ready Steady Go, which is the precursor to that show. And then he, I think my parents probably watched The Stones and <coughs> seen all that. And my younger uncle probably sort of saw Bowie and all that. And they, yeah, we're just watching it with him one night and. Um, he used to make real comments. Depeche Mode came on. Yeah. I think they did New Life, yeah. and it, and he said, "Well, you know, I ha- I'm not paying my license to watch a bunch of Italian rent boys." So I thought, "Oh, that's interesting." So you and then yeah. it, like the, the next one that you know, I think um, then Soft Cell came on, and that he did Tainted Love, and he went, he got up and he just went, "Fuck this," and he, and I went. Okay, this is exactly the type of music I want to be listening to. This is great because I think he was so disgusted on it, so many levels, and I thought, you know, well, that was, yeah, that was great. <laughs> so that that was definitely. Uh, so, y- <laughs> uh, that was quite that was that's was quite important because I mean those type of things, has a generation previous to that were shocked by Bowie and you know, Mick Ronson putting his arm around Bowie while he did Starman on top of the Pops and yeah. everybody next day at school 
So this so was, I mean, but so how how was your relationship with your your grandfather? Fantastic. I mean, but but just the fact that it was so provocative to oh my him. God, yeah, I mean, I that think was something. It, it, it was just a reaction. Like, how did that do that yeah, to him? Yeah, I thought it was fantastic, and it was just you know that. So you went out and kids. bought the record. Yeah. Well, actually, well. I've probably asked. I'd probably ask. Got someone to do it by then. Cause I think, you know, seven inches would actually. I could buy my own seven inches, but buying albums was mm -hmm. a different thing. You had to wait till your birthdays or Christmas, really. Okay. You know, yeah. you, it was. You know, you, if you could get five albums a year, that was a lot. Because yeah. there was still it was five quid. You know, which was a hell of a lot of money mm -hmm. back then. You know, especially to sort of a you little know, kid, your little kid. But you know, you had to sort of really choose your records well, what you wanted, mm -hmm. and you know, and those records were. Well, you know, a lot of those records are still my favorite records I bought, you know, so yeah, well, remember, so. I wonder, see, I mean, I, this is another thing I, I, I did, tr you haven't seen it, but we did, I did, and did it with tracks, and uh, we were trying to figure out, you know, there's this, like, golden era, and it's, like, the 80s, and, and I don't know if it's just because of our age, or because there's something special there, because if, you know, if you talk to an older generation, you know, they would say, like, either, like the Beatles or Led Zeppelin is the golden era, Yeah. you know, is it just truly, like, <clears throat> when you're, you know, the time that you, you, your formative year—I don't know—I don't know how to word it, but well, yeah, the I music that is. came out during your formative years—is that what you think is classic, or, or is there really something special to it? Well, I, th well, I think that I think it definitely was. I think you know, c certainly, that was probably the last era where fashion and music, probably you know, the start of the '90s and stuff. I think since then, really, I mean, it's fashion and music and everything. It's it's, it's it hasn't had such a cultural impact because we've just got different things now you know yeah i feel i think now it's pretty uh not necessarily with the music we're involved with but i think that there's a definitely fashion is in, you know kanye west is a fashion designer <laughs> so yeah, but, but, but you know I, I mean i think the thing is <laughs> i think the way you back then back then you used to define yourself by by what you used to wear you yeah. know, I mean, I used to bring, I used to, I mean, I used to go, when I used to go to school, I didn't bring any school books. I used to bring my a plastic bag for my records. And that, that was like, a, you know, used to walk around, people say, oh, well, what you got in the bag? And used to carry your records under your arm. People could see what records you got. And that was, that's the way that you defined yourself. And it's the way you sort of made, re, you know, yeah. forged relationships with the people like-minded. You know, I don't, I don't think that, if you walk around on the street now, I don't necessarily think you could sort of tell what people what music you know people unless they've to. got it on a t-shirt or something yeah, yeah. like that you know i think it's kind of but back then you could you know and that's 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 why it was very defined you know so you were like a mod or a punk or yeah, a I new waiver yeah exactly or a, i think or it, a football player or yeah or, or something and then it all oh yeah exactly that's it. Like a, a, what are those a northern soul guy or something yeah exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> we had different ones we had like jock and prep and stuff yeah like stuff like that um yeah <laughs> i mean but that is weird i thought about that too like when did that change you know like um it changed overnight when we weren't looking. Yeah, like you, you would used to be like the music you listened to was your main identifying thing. Yeah. Well, maybe may, was that just for us? I th or was it for? I think there was a golden generation. Well, well, I think it, it obviously. I think it, the hippies, I guess, had it too. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And the jazz guys. Yeah, I mean, I think it was. A I think rock and roll. Def well, it was, well, it was the birth of the teenager, wasn't it? So I think yeah, since since then, pop that's culture. What, you know. So. Jeez, and then what? What? When do you? Th I mean, I don't know how to even get into that. Like, it, it, n grunge was kind of the last uh, identifiable fashion, and then you kind of had like mall punk or something like Blink, yeah, Blink One Eighty Two or something like that. Yeah, and then just, like just Dave Matthews Band fans. Yeah, Oasis. Yeah, that's what you know. You know what? That's when it all kind of started going wrong for me in that whole Britpop. <laughs> I mean, I, just ne I never got. It was just, it was just so awful, really. 
you know, because I used to... Oasis, I think, writes a catchy tune. Yeah, I mean... That, Maybe that, you that, heard that, them a little too much in the yeah, bad context. Yeah, but. the comedy... Va- no, I can remember thinking at the time, it was just, Christ, are people buying this? This is just idiot music. But I've, I've warmed to them as people. Yeah, I mean, I, li- yeah. I, li- I, like the, I like the other element about them, but, you know... Yeah, I suppose the whole grunge thing was, and, you know, all that. It was really bad fashion, too, but uh, I, don't, I don't know how we got... We got onto the subject, but let's go back. Um, So you're a kid at, at ba- at with your bag at school with no books... So, so you weren't getting good grades. I don't even think those things mattered. You it, didn't it, care. It, it, you well, it's not that we didn't care. It's completely different in England. I mean, we don't. I think you really in, you in, Ameri- in America, you really play. I mean, I've noticed this is something I've definitely noticed. You place a lot on education and stuff like that, and it's kind of it's kind of important. People ask, what school do you go to and stuff? And yeah. so, like in England, it's just. I think maybe it's because we, as a culture, we've. We're an older country, and those kind of things really don't matter, yeah. to be honest. Because, plus, maybe because you, you can't get the top job in England, you can't become the queen. So you know that's it. So you just resign to sort of like doing anything <laughs> you want to do. You can't become the queen. You can't become the queen. Is, you, wait, you, wait, you wake up, you're born into that. So it's okay. You can't get the top job. What's the point? So, so that's is this is this a, is that a saying like that? It's other not. I've just made, I've just made that up for your. your, your it's a pretty good, but, yeah. pretty good one, I think. Yeah. Well, it's true. It's probably it's true. That's the class system. But you know, yeah. But get, getting good grades. Well, no. I mean, not really. I mean, I just the thing about it was, I think I analysed it quite early. I used to see the geography teacher, and he was there, and he used to have, you know, coffee stains down his beard and everything, and sort of piss straight stained trousers. And then, well, you know what? You, you you haven't got anywhere in life. Yeah. So you, you know that that was. But it, I mean, basically in England, it was. Well, but that's a pretty deep realization, I think, for a young person. If well, you, if you really thought that way, you know, like. Well, school, obviously back then they could hit you at school as well. They could cane you as I well. I think that's so a great school. thing. I think they bring it back. They should. I'd administer it. Yeah. I would sign off. Yeah. You can hit my kid all you yeah. want. <laughs> Discipline. Yeah. They, should be, they, they need a little fear. You know, you only have to hit them once, probably. Well, we used to get six of the best. And we used to have some brutal chemistry <laughs> teachers that have spun some bird and the things. And we had one, this one guy who used to have a cricket bat. This was like a bench. He used to just come and paddle you. He used to batter you. I mean, yeah, it's. But you probably deserved it. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> of course, we deserved it. We, we we gladly took it. Yeah, you know. But I mean, you know. But yeah, it's, I don't know. School. It was just a way to sort of contain kids, really. I mean, I don't. If you ask anybody about having happy memories of school in England, I think you'd be hard find yeah. to find anybody. But do you think is that because of where you were? Is that is it a different? You know. No, I think that's. Yeah, just a general. No, I think I think pretty much. I guess it was a pretty dismal time. I was pretty. Uh, yeah. What? Well, what? Well, I didn't think. It, yeah. I mean, I suppose it was when you look back on it. But it was, I didn't really sort of think it was. Thought it was great. You weren't you know? paying attention. Yeah. Well, I think it's like you don't really notice those things. You just notice yeah. the good, good stuff, really. Yeah. You? You're like I can watch Top of the Pops on Thursday nights. Yeah, man. Piss off my grandpa. Yeah. Well, he he'd, he'd left pretty much after that, really. <laughs> but it was. It was <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was it. I couldn't be bothered with that. But I mean, it was a pretty good. I mean, you used to have really random stuff on it. You used to have Killing Joke on it for one time. They, they w- didn't even get in the charts, I yeah. don't think. And then you had Bauhaus on there and stuff. And it was like, okay, it's pretty good. Do you know anything more about that show? Like, was it? Is it? I mean, so it's it's on the BBC. So yeah, it's it was on gover- the BBC. Government funded. Is there like a? Mm. Who was booking it? Is there like a famous person behind that show that? You, <laughs> or like well, someone well, that you know? Uh, well, I think it was just. I mean, the BBC is a corporation. It's obviously funded by you know, but I think it, I'm not too sure who was booking it. But it, but it was based on the on the top forty basically. So it was like you'd have like a couple of new entries, and then you'd have the number one. But and Swell used to have a load of, and if they couldn't get the acts in to do anything 
Did perform. They, they used to have dancers. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the dancer, I think it was Pam's People, and another one was Legs and Co. And all these women, they do their interpretations to like the latest hits. And that was actually go on, go on the internet. And watch those. Yeah, it's definitely on the internet. Pam's People and Legs and but Co. Wasn't there? There was another British band that would they would cover all those '80s bands. And they would do like Human League and uh, I know I can't remember the name. Ah, uh, whatever. That's Probably not, that's not the name. Let's of it. let's stop at the Flying Pickets. Right. So yeah. I think you, you took it. <laughs> I'm not going to bring up my uh, ta- <laughs> my taste anymore. Um, <coughs> I'm gonna get rid of this piece of tape here. <laughs> all right. So um, I don't know where I'm headed. We haven't. Have we hit any good points yet? I, th- I think we've made a couple. A couple of them. What was that? Don't you're never going to be the queen. You're never going to be the queen. So stop trying. Yeah. So know who you are. Know your place. Get down the coal mine or up the chimney. Damn. And so, <laughs> and <laughs> or both. And is is that what you thought you were going to end up doing? Something, some kind of. Well, the thing is, I mean, I suppose when I think about it, I mean, it was it was pretty grim because the teachers at school, especially for me, they sort of said, "Well, you'll you'll you know you'll get no further than the doll queue," because I was just like. You know, I just, it wasn't that I, tr- I wasn't trying it. I just find it, I found it kind of quite, it was just, you just knew it wasn't for you, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and it was. Um, and this is like teenage, 14, 15, 16. Yeah, I mean, I left school when I was 15. So, so you're done. And, and what happened then? You just. I went out, I got a job. Well, this is the thing you see all in the early 80s and everything. It was yeah. just like, you had the fear, of, you had three fears of like, you, you know, you, you even if you left school, you wouldn't get a job. So it was certain you, your life was over. Then it was obviously the middle of the Cold War as well, so you, we thought you were going to get evaporated at any moment. You know, I mean, yeah. especially like in '85 with the Libya thing. I thought, yeah, we, yeah. you know, the, I mean, it's kind of weird now. Maybe people don't really realise, but to live into that fear as a kid, it was like pretty brutal. Yeah, you have like a, a you know, air raid sirens and all that stuff. That, you know, these potential things, and, and then of course, then you had the AIDS thing as well. So basically, you left school, you got, weren't going to get a job. You're going to get a you know, blown up by a nuclear bomb and you couldn't have sex. So, you know, what's the, that's, that's pretty, uh, so you it's just, just fear. So you just get wasted and forget about all of it. Well, yeah, but I was, I was kind of quite straight. You know, I was just into music. So the thing yeah. is, the second, after all these people telling you at school, well, you, you know, you'll never get any further than the doll queue. You left, I left school and I got a job straight away. I thought, hang on, this is a complete joke. Where'd so, you get you know, a job? Well, actually, my aunt got me a job. <laughs> I, I worked at, um, what was her name? Um, Pauline. Is she still around? She is. Thanks, Pauline. Yeah. She did. I mean, it was. I mean, bless her, my poor Pauline. But she's. Um, she, <laughs> I used to work. It was. It was um, at a building society, which was like a bank. Yeah. Obviously, cut out for it. I think they realised pretty much. They, they must have just hired me on because of her recommendation. Sometimes you need bodies and chairs, you know. Well, the thing was, it wasn't just that. They actually promoted me, foolishly enough. So, to base, at that stage, I was. Um, I think it was something called the advances section. So I was giving people mortgages. Bear in mind, I, c- I can't add up. I can't, eat, I can't you know, be- let, let alone. But I was feeling sorry for people, so I was just like, yeah, yeah you know, it's all right. You, I'll give you a mortgage. Or something like that. These people couldn't possibly afford it. Afford it. Anyway, that lasted for about, th- about three months until they realised, okay, there's something going wrong. So they c- then they demoted me. or they, they didn't demote me, but they put me to the photocopying lab. Oh, that's probably Well, I was just photocopying bits of paper. I couldn't even do that. So then I sort of, they made me fill the drinks machine. And I got that wrong because people used to press for orange juice and hot chocolate used to come mm-hmm. out. So at that stage, I said, you know what? I can't be bothered with this. You know, <laughs> and I just left. And so you got another job. I got another job. The, the, the next job I got, and this is, I think it wasn't my last job, but it was one of the last proper jobs. I, I used to do this. I used to work. It's, it's confidential waste company. 
and I used to like drive this van. I used to go to local police stations and pick up all their confidential waste, all their shredding. But some of those things used to be like the interview tapes. <laughs> so I used to play the interview tapes that they used to interview people with on the way back to the, in the tape player. And God, it was the old Bill trying to stitch up these poor criminals and everything. It was just, I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I, I always say I wish I kept them. I yeah, you, yeah. you couldn't have kept them, but it was, it was just so comical the way some of these people were getting stitched up. And you're you're just like by yourself listening to this thing in the yeah, car. You had like a partner there. Oh no, no, I was just on my own actually. Yeah, it was weird. And I was quite, yeah, so I. <laughs> so I, d- I did that for a bit. Do you remember a specific case that you heard that it was like? I do actually. Oh my god, this one guy. I, th- I, th- I think he'd. Um, what did he do? Yeah, he stole his friend's lawnmower. But then I think he tried to do something really disgusting with it. Then try to plant it on somebody else. Then he tried to. I don't know. It was just really weird. Yeah. It was just like nothing straightforward. It was just like really, really, really odd stuff, and it was. You know, but yeah, these types of is it like a junkie person or a drunk or a well, just, you mentally know. ill people? They just do weird stuff. Yeah, I don't Can't know. Tell. It was just it was just people that get arrested, really. Yeah, I mean, we've all been arrested and you know put in the cells, but it's just like you know, it just just I wouldn't give an interview like that. Just yeah, it was mad. <laughs> it was crazy, but then yeah, so then obviously that wasn't working out because that was really difficult, and I thought I'm not good in this. So then I was at home one day and I thought I heard a, a, a what. I was at home one day. At home one day. Uh, yes. Okay, I thought that was like some title of a job. A home wanderer or something. I, don't I was know a home you. wanderer. What? What's a home wanderer? <laughs> Just walk around, look around. Yes, that's, that's, very, that's kind of grim. It's, it's a bit ominous as well. I'm, I'm a home wanderer. <laughs> I'm just... I didn't, it was a, no, I'm sorry. I thought right. it was another it's new my, term. It's, it's my Birmingham no, accent. No, it's okay. I, <clears throat> we can understand each other. But then I got... Then I sort of hit rock bottom and I got a job in a record shop. Mm. Yeah. And that was it, pretty much it then, really. What record shop? It was a shop in the Birm- uh, in the centre of Birmingham, the, a place called the Bull Ring, which was like a really old, which st- it still exists, but it was like it was this really dilapidated, horrible 1960s shopping centre that had just gone wrong. And um, I mean, Birmingham is an awful industrial place anyway. It's just it is just a mistake. I mean, mm-hmm. the, it was bombed so heavily in the war, and they had such a chance to rebuild it, nice in a nice way, but they didn't. They made it actually even worse than. But the, so the shop was called Bullring. The Bullring Shopping Centre. Yeah, they, apparently they used to have a. Yeah. And so the rec- the the record department in the Bullring Shopping. Well, centre. it was called it was called Way Ahead Records. Way Ahead. And it was from Nottingham, and they they were like linked to the people okay. who used to do Castle Donington Records. It was a heavy metal record shop. So it's a it's a chain. Yeah, it was a chain then. I think I'm not too sure if it exists. Did you have like a little outfit? Outfit. Like a um, uh, a costume or like a shirt you had to wear a hat or no, something. No, we didn't actually. Could wear whatever I should have done. Yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah. It was what did you usually wear to work? I just want to. I'm going to set the picture. Um, well, it was like eighty nine, ninety, probably a t-shirt. And you would show up to work around at eleven. Yeah, it was nine, I think. Nine. Yeah, the record shop opens at nine, closes yeah, at not six. Or nine so. until six. Yeah. And you're working all day. Pretty much all day at the register, or just the register. Of, you know, I went wild style. I just went through the sections a bit. You know, tidying up at the back, making coffee, speaking to people. And you're in there by yourself. No, there's a couple of people in there. Do you remember any of those people? I, yeah, I, I do actually. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, well, yeah, I do. <laughs> but it was good because we started. <laughs> no, nothing good to say or. I was just, you know, well, you know, record shops. It was just. Um, no, I know, but it's sometimes it's fun to paint the picture of, of young uh, young Carl. Well, these well, a lot of these with his t-shirt at nine in the morning, making coffee and, and uh, yeah. Well, it was pretty good because up with a with a 
with uh, you know well, was Jerry it, or whoever you have to work Jerry, with. Jerry, what was his name? <laughs> Steve. Steve. Yeah, he was like he was just obsessed with um, um, American American sort of really sort of bad middle of the road metal, which is like um, I don't know warrants and stuff like Ooh. that. But even even before that, he used to like and used to really be obsessed about especially CDs, like import skid, CDs, Skid Row. Well, not even Skid Row. Just like really even stuff you wouldn't even be bothered about. Really sort of bad, pro- not prog, but kind of middle of the road eighties metal, and it was it was just really awful. Like Dio. No. Yeah, but even that good. Yeah. yeah, it's just like it was just even worse than that. He used to, he used to every on Thursday the imports would come in from yeah. America. Oh, God. and he used to have a mate that used to come in. They used to get really and excited, y- and you about would have it. to listen to it. Yeah, but we had like because we were connected to the Nottingham shop, who were connected to Castle Donington, which is the big heavy metal thing. We used to get a lot of in-store PA's. We had Alice Cooper, and oh, that's pretty cool. That was amazing. She was good. He brought the snake and everything. I he, guess he, he seems he, like a cool guy. No, he was so good. Yeah, he was. He was amazing. We had Megadeth and who else? We had <laughs> in store. In store, we had Dread Zeppelin. Do you remember them? Yeah, yeah, but they were nice. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I don't know if I remember liking them though. I'd have to. I'd have to revisit before. I yeah, I think it's yeah probably of its time. I guess yeah, yeah I you know. probably had to be there. Yeah, I don't know if I had. I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm from San Antonio, Texas, which is kind mm. of. They always try to say it's a heavy metal capital, also. Yeah, so w- I know. Well, well, they're, well, they're wrong, but yeah, it's great. <laughs> no, no, it's, I think Birmingham is actually. It is. The I think every city probably says that about. Them. But they're wrong because Birmingham is the heavy metal capital. So you go, you go online, look, you can get T-shirts and everything. Well, the San Antonio says the same thing. Who's comes? Does the Sabbath come from there? No, but Ozzy Osbourne pissed on the he pissed Alamo. <laughs> but he didn't piss on the Alamo. He pissed on the thing across the road, that cross across the yeah, road. Yeah, it was whatever. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Well, we're linked. We we, we have a common yeah. we have a commonality. I grew up, we, I grew up around that stuff too, you know. Yeah. But maybe a little. I I remember those bands, you know, as a little kid. But it was more uh, Metallica was huge. You know, Metallica was a big. Well, yeah, we had Megadeth as a in store as well, and Metallica. Yeah, and and so this. And you're into some other stuff, or you're kind of flirting with it a little bit. What metal? Yeah, I mean, well, that's kind of. I mean, that's pretty much after. I mean, this is like we've skipped a few years, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, oh. to, to get to that, I mean, music. The music I was into really formed my ears. Were kind of formed pretty much, you know, from like eighty-two to eighty-five, eighty-six. Really, from the that's top of the pops. Well, not just, but then you get. You, you mentioned Mute before, you know, yeah. Daniel and. Um, there's bands, you know, labels like obviously Mute, Some Bizarre, and stuff like that. And you, you just, you know, if you if you like Depeche Mode, then you might get into Fat Gadget. And if you're into Fat Gadget, you might get into, you know, None or uh, and so on, so on. And then if you, you know, as I mentioned, Soft Cell before, then you might get into Einstutz and the Neubauten and Test Departments, and and it was all, and that's the way you linked it because you yeah. you, you couldn't. There was obviously no internet. I mean, was there? You know, was were things like Throbbing Gristle and Chris and Cozy on your radar at that point? Yeah, or, I mean, so, well, the th- this is the funny thing. Well, not funny, but people gone about TG now, and as but like back then, I mean, I I knew of Psyche TV and Genesis PRH before that because Dave Ball, who's the keyboard player in Soft Cell, had Genesis PRH on his solo album, and okay. I and I got that for Christmas, nineteen eighty three. So and I was looking at the back, well, who's this? Who's Gavin Friday? And these amazing. Who's Genesis PRH? Yeah. And then. Then you find out Genesis Pirates is in a, in a band called Psychic TV, and then and then later it was only much later than you know, well not later, like 1985. Oh, Genesis Pirates used to be in a band called Throbbing Gristle because none of those records are available. Yeah, then. that's what I'm saying. I'm just wondering how you know you think 
you know, you look at the time on the record label, you know, you look at just record sleeve and it's really early. Yeah. But you just wonder how aware of it people were. You well, know, no, like, I, did you have to be like a 19 year old, you know, super clued in London person to know, or like, wh- how, who knew about that stuff when it was coming out? I think when it came out, I think people, you know, when I'm, yeah, I mean, it was, well, that's the thing about England. I mean, even though independent music was great, but the provinces really did come into their own, you know, whether it be yeah. Manchester or Sheffield or, yeah. you know, Edinburgh and Glasgow. And so they were really localised. Yeah, it was like, I mean, people did know about it, but then the, then it finished, you know, and then yeah. after, you know, when TG split up, maybe for four or five years, the records weren't impressed until Daniel reissued them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and, th- and then all of a sudden, you, you know, you could, you, you could sort of uh, follow the track. You, you could trace all the lines, and and, know, and so these reissues off. were starting to come out while you were at this store. No, that were before. That before. was that was about five years. But no, okay. I, I, I but uh, but then because I was getting to know more, I was I was, I was piecing the dot. You know, I was putting all the joining yeah. the dots and everything. I, I could get into that. And were there like a, um, you know, were there like magazines or newspapers or, or yeah. like little zines and publications that you remember? Yeah, reading so about this stuff or well, yeah, I mean, there was. Um, because then, when you get a bit older, when you get about thirteen, you want to read new. Mag- I used to go to a place called W H Smiths, which is like a news agent. You used to go there and yeah. read the magazines every fortnight. Um, I used to read Sounds, Sounds. which is really important. And uh, Zigzag then was a great magazine at that mm-hmm. time. It was, it was an al- alternative magazine, really. Mm-hmm. You know, and you could le- then you'd you'd read about it, and then you'd learn about oh, there's this guy called Nick Cave. He's in the birthday party, and then. You learn about all these other things. It's just like piecing stuff together, and it was just even though that seems so bizarre now that you'd have to even do that. Yeah, you're, I mean, you you would read the magazine. You would read every single word in the entire Everything. magazine. Everything and the every ads. ad, every, every ad, copyright. Because that's all year. you had. Because it's yeah. mad. Because that's all you had. Yeah. And that, that's and that yeah that's I don't know if that's better or worse, but it was it was <laughs> No, but I mean, and the other thing too that could be helpful, you know, for for someone watching this, is it you know maybe. If you you know mention some of these names, maybe somewhere someone is you know putting an archive of you know I work at the thing, mm. and we get co- we get sometimes we get magazine you know we get magazines and sometimes we get these things, you know maybe somebody somewhere has a collection they're going to scan them and put them online and and other people yeah. can read them, you know because you find out, I mean a- as I've gotten older I, I you know you read articles and you you know the people involved and you realize how far away from the truth some of these articles are. Well, yeah. But it's fun to read them back then too and you can, you know, put all these pieces together in well, whatever it. way you want to, you know, like... Yeah. You, well, you print the legend, you never print the truth, don't yeah. you, anybody? No, it's, I mean, I, th- I think there's a lot more craft gone into print magazines anyway. I mean, we, I think we know that anyway. I think they're trying to tell the, the truth. Yeah. But I don't think they're trying to... Yeah. Maybe it, not, I don't know. I think, it was, yeah, I mean, especially the ma- music magazines back then, it just seemed more of it. The thing is, though, everything was happening in real time. I mean, the records that people talk about, you know, I was buying, you know, I'm sure like you, you know, you bought them in real time. That that was the... Yeah, you waited. We, they came out on Tuesdays in the Yeah, in the or like, you know, yeah. and that's it, and you, you, you bought these records, and... You would see the date it came out, and you would go buy it. You know, and some of these are classic records, and I think, oh, my God, people sort of, you know, revered records and stuff, but, you know... Yeah. But that was my reality. It's probably a lot of people's reali- reality as well. See, my 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 entryway to that was more. It was like a, like I'm a little bit younger than you are. So I was, you know, it probably wasn't. I I listened to all the, like MTV stuff, so I knew all the like New Order, Erasure, all uh-huh. the like pop, you know, Human League, all the hits, and I was totally into it. But I wasn't that that wasn't the music I was buying. It was not until like I was you know 14 or 15 I realized that records were really cheap. 
So I started going back and finding, you know, you'd find like all these, you know, whatever craft work, Chris and Cozy, yeah, yeah. Control, and you'd just be like, what is this? And well, I would buy it then. So it was like in the 90s is when I, I started discovering that kind of stuff. You know, it's, I mean, it's, the thing is, it's, it's so much harder t- in America to do that, to put those pieces together. I mean, it was kind of being easy for us in England. Yeah. Because we had it all there. Was it very instant? I mean, things well, like, think, I mean, Chris and Cozy, I mean, you have to remember, even at the time, Chris and Cozy, I always remember people sort of slagging them off in the eighties for being very old fashioned. Yeah, you know, people, they, were, they weren't kind of popular. I mean, they were popular. I mean, I love, I, of course, I love them. But people, yeah. well, this is a kind of old fashioned music. Yeah, they just only October Love Song, I guess, was probably oh their, God, their, big, their biggest hit. I guess. Yeah, because it was on some, it was some, yeah, it was on some compilation. That and that was, was like kind of an even a later one, I guess. Huh? Yeah, sort of mid eighties, wasn't it, and stuff. Mm. But yeah, but it was. I mean, you have to f- don't forget that uh, you know a lot of that stuff was you know we had wax tracks here, which and yeah. which kind of played against Sam they had a relationship with them and so we had a lot yeah. of that stuff um, in the states too you know like yeah I think it, I mean because that was a bit probably a bit late yeah wasn't it like the like, late 80s and yeah, stuff the late 80s I you mean know, with the whole yeah. huge industrial thing and uh, you know yeah. and always like stuff like The Cure and New Order and, and all yeah. that stuff and Depeche Mode too uh, I think it takes like, it takes on a different when it when it when it comes to America it, it took on something completely different I think you know I always find that really really interesting how a lot of those bands translated yeah I, I mean the, the way you would hear about it would be like, uh, you know, like your uncle or your older brother's, your br- friend's older brother or something. They would have like Talking Heads record or something and you yeah. would, you know, be like, oh, I know Talking Heads. And then then they would have these other things, you know, and you'd be like a oh, mute record. So you're like, what is that? You know, yeah. and then then you would get a little deeper into it. But I don't I don't it wasn't. Or, I mean, I guess you would have these these zines. We would get they would sell British magazines and stuff at the record store. You know, they would have like the magazine yeah. rack with all the you know the whatever alternative press or maximum rock and roll or whatever sure. you know. But they and then I don't remember the names of them though. But they had it, you know. But it was in the states. It was like it was a purely it was called college rock for a yeah, long college, time. College radio or, yeah. or yeah. alternative rock, and it was strictly on these college radio stations. Yeah, I think it's kind of yeah. It's just. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's, it's completely different. Just because it's a bigger country, it's just it was diff- It was so much more difficult for you to put that, a lot of things together because England yeah. is so small. People could link up quite quickly, and it yeah. was, and that was cult- cultural thing as well. You know, I mean, you know, you America, not you, not you, but America was very. It was a, a rock orientated country yeah. Yeah. for so long. Where you know, a lot of the stuff we're talking about now is experimental and uh, using synthesizers and all these things that were frowned upon in the, you know, yeah. Originally, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't there. I wasn't. Well, there I think that, that's pretty much the way. I, that's that's pretty much yeah. what the way I think. I reckon it was. I mean, they used to have all these things, especially when synthesizers came out. It was like the death of music and the death of musicians and craftsmanship. You know, and all, all this type of but stuff. But then everybody. But then, like the Who had one. Yeah. So it never made sense to me. I never. I just yeah. kind of just wrote off that argument because you know. And then I guess Led Zeppelin never really had. Yeah, I think I think they it had was like a Mellotron. Yeah, or something. I think they just they they had it at the side. It was all you know Emerson, Lake and Palmer and everything like that. It, but I think the the eco- when synthesizers became affordable and the the economy of it. Even even Alice Cooper had some synthesizers. They did. And or Ozzy Osbourne too. Ozzy had it. Yeah, have you seen that thing when With he's got the ARP twenty six hundred? That's pretty right, good. Right. Yeah, if anybody hasn't seen that video, search Ozzy Osbourne ARP twenty six hundred on YouTube. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, all right, so back in the day, it's not like it used to be. Um, sorry, it, yeah, try not it, to get it, too much into that th- stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I don't think I believe that ev- even, but I think um, I just I'm just waiting for the 80s to finish. I wish it'd finish, and the 90s as well. Could it just stop now? Out? Now or then? Now? Could it just stop now? I think if we can. Well, I, I think the thing that's that's going on now that 
I realized this today, or maybe I, or I, I figured out how to put it into words is that, um, you know, when you've already been through the cycle a couple of times, it starts to get old. You know, when you can predict yeah. what the new next thing is going to be, and you've been through it that time and then the other time. Well, yeah, I mean, this is. Th- I mean, people are optimistic about music and the future of it. But I think you know. I mean, we have to sort of. It's been on. Is it a sixty-year cycle now? Since the, I don't know. Since uh, since since Elvis and you know the start of what we sort of consider rock and roll and everything like that. And it's like musical. Musical. Musical died out. I mean, what do ki- I mean? Are our kids going to be listening to music in twenty years' time? You know, as we listen to. It? I don't know. But you know, prob- may- maybe not the same. But you know. Well, I mean, I, um, I don't know. I mean, I mean, this is your optim- you're being optimistic because you don't want it to die, but it might have to die. You know, that's it to move everything to move on. It might be sort of, you know. Well, so you think that people will stop listening to music? I, I can't imagine. Well, I, 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 they won't. It won't be central to their lives. No. I don't. Th- I think it will just be on the periphery. It'll be on the outside. It'll be something. That's part of their existence that they'll be listening to. Possibly, I mean, I don't. I'm not. I'm not predicting the future, but I'm just. I. I, I just. I'm just. I want to. I want to predict the worst. <laughs> I don't want it all to. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be like that. Good for you. <laughs> well, I, I mean, and and the other thing too is, uh, uh, you know, I and saying that that's the <laughs> the cycle started with Elvis, I would also not agree because you know the the whole the jazz. I've been well, getting the, more into jazz, and that was really. Oh dear. I don't. The last refuge of the untalented. That's <laughs> what you can. It's what you do when you can't get a gig. Now, jazz. Maybe. No, no, but it, I'm it, joking. They're no, pretty. Co- Alan, it, yeah, you should, it's a, it, I've been reading reading about it, not listening to it. I think but, but this comes about. You're talking about music. I'm talking yeah. about fashion and changing the world. I'm to, you know before. I'm talking about teenagers. But I mean before. So you. It's not bef- as culturally important. Before I mean before I'm talking about Elvis again, but before yeah. Elvis hit came to England you have to understand people pretty much dressing like their parents yeah you know it was just like you know when you were 15 you became an adult and that's it you went up you know that's you it. Wore a suit. You know, there was no such thing as teenagers until America invented it and it was because of that you know it was because of the Presley era and you know as much as you know I love that and I love you know I love rock and roll but it, it, it was it was about the movement rather than the music you know so so now like things that are more important Little Richard to, and to youth culture are things like video games or, or well this is something I've just I've just realised this I think what's this esports thing or whatever it's it huge I'm shocked it's but, huge but that, well there you go well that's probably what people are going to be into yeah I mean that, I know that, that will be their identity like which game they play you know they'll be doing podcasts in 60 years time talking about that bloke they killed online or whatever with the other bloke from Czechoslovakia. Well, it's a, it's like sports to Czech them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's, I it's an interesting thing. But I mean, music's been around for thousands and thousands of years. You know, like uh, people have enjoyed it. So, I, I but we're not, yeah, we're not talking about music though. We're talking about the whole. We're talking about the whole package. It's not just about the music, man. I mean, of course, music's going to be around, but the but whole. For me, it's just about the music. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's a hard thing for me to separate. You know, like when you say, when you talk about music, I, I, I really only think about music. But I, I don't think about the other stuff that I don't really, I try to, that's like culture or something. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, I'd love to believe, you know, that's not true, but you know, that's, that's it. <laughs> I don't think so, but, uh, but, some, but I mean, but okay. you know, something gives you the horn, something, you, you know, something you like, you say, you know, you something, 
you I something resonates with you musically you know it's it's not just because of that oh that's amazing or that it's just because something around it has to be something around it to bring you to it you know so you don't so okay so so okay so say uh everyone you know there's 10 people and that you know they play a b- bunch of songs for them you know and what type of people I don't know, 10 people from the street. Well, we go outside on Greenpoint Avenue and, and get a junkie. What, mu- music people? What, 10 music people? Um, yeah, sure. Whatever you want. I don't care. Any, 10 people. Well, this, this is like general yeah, general you, people. You, 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 yeah, okay, go on. And, uh, and you play them 10 songs, whatever. Right. For some reason, there's songs that these 10 people will like more than others. Yeah. Like, what is that? Well, it, it, there's like a weird consensus where like, Everybody kind of likes what I don't know, whatever some song I don't know. Like, what's a song that everybody likes? Like a like an earworm type of thing that gets yeah, into your head. Yeah. I mean, but I think that's that's is there that's, like is it a math? Is it a science? Is it a that probably is. That's just something that goes around in your head that's easy to repeat and stuff. That's just maybe. And you're saying, I mean, so I, so my, what, what? What makes you buy records? What, what makes, what makes you, you like that? I mean, I'm saying that that is that's a factor. Like there's something about a, a a melody or a song or a beat or a rhythm or a, the lyrics that mm. makes people like it, and I don't think that's going to go away. But what you're saying is that there's another factor to it that there's like a a, a culture around these songs, you know, which, which I never really, I don't really think about that much. But you're right, it is a a thing. Like this person dresses a certain way or or behaves a certain way politically or whatever culturally and mm. and that's also interesting which makes it also cool well we do we you know we define ourselves by i think a lot of people define themselves by their you know what they listen to their record collections or the i mean you know you probably you know you you know music but you have do you have the, ever have this i'm sure a lot of people they have this this imaginary dinner party where this somebody's one of your biggest hero comes around and he looks through your record collection oh well you've got this it's amazing look through your books oh and it's just like this. I think you know, because I'm I'm not a collector. I mean, I I never was a collector. I haven't got many records at all because I used to watch this. Not used to watch, but anyway, there's a show in England in the 1970s and 80s, and it's called Antiques Roadshow. I love that show. Well, there was a guy on there years ago called Arthur Negus. He was like an old guy, and he used to collect. I think it was antique French furniture, and he was, you know, he collected it over a period of 60 years. He had everything i think he had a warehouse and he used to polish it every day and it was amazing and he he, he bought he got everything he collected it anyway he died and his wife sold a lot and went on a cruise and bought a range rover yeah it's just so that kind of sums it up really so what's the point yeah so you know that that just 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 bear that in mind you know but i think but i think i think we're different (laughs) i think we're different kinds of people of course because i never thought about that i never I just I don't know. No, I'm I'm, in, I'm, I like I'm being playful, of course. No, 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 no. But I'm not I'm not taking it as an insult at all, or or I, I'm not offended. I don't really have a soul, but uh, <laughs> um, but like you know, I, for me, it's like an activity. It's like just yeah. to kill the time. It's like I like to listen and ho hum, re- read about it, and, and you know. No, I mean no, no. It, it's it, I think you no. Know, for, for me, as for me as well, I still love it, and it's central yeah. to a lot of things. But I mean, I don't need to own it as much. Um, I've got yeah. a, re- a really good. Fr- I mean, a good friend of mine in New York. Um, he's, an, in, you know, he, he he's you know pretty much like you. You know, he's, he's an avid collector of stuff, and he had so much stuff in his house he couldn't actually get into his fridge. Yeah. So it was this that type of you know. So that he had record shelves blocking his fridge, so he couldn't actually eat. So I think that would be great if he like died. Died, and we found him in his record collection. There's probably like an Alfred Hitchcock movie. Yeah. 
we should write this down. Someone's <laughs> going to steal this idea. Go ahead. I'd like to watch it. Yeah. I'm not willing to put the work in. No, no, no work. <laughs> do easy. Do easy. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, but oh, okay, so, so you're you're uh, you're working at a record store. Yeah. In the eight, late eighties, early nineties, yeah. Early nineties, and um, you are you involved in any music scene? There's like parties, well, or y- you're just going to shows, or yeah. No, I was pretty much going to shows constantly. Only in Birmingham, or you're traveling around? Well, yeah. When, when I was from like. I first started really going out to shows on my own, probably like '84. The right, you know, that's the. Right. And, and you're you don't have like a crew or anything, no, no, like a couple no. buddies you see. Yeah, I mean, I had one or two people, but it was it was just like these things, you know, these things never happened. The type of music I le- liked never it wasn't a crew r- related type of thing. It was just, you had one, you know, few people who were into sort of what you were into, and that and that was it, you know. Yeah. But it was kind of. Um, I mean, up until that point, I mean, I seen, I seen bands at the Odeon. But you know, but you know, but you know, just things like you know, you know, saw Yazoo and Blamange and people like the Depeche Mode and stuff like that. Um, and then we like the American. I was never really into the you know this American stuff so much. But you know, I saw Grandmaster Flash when he came, like Bambata and all that type they, of stuff. For some reason, they had a weird connection. They, I, guess, I think, they just used the same instruments. Yeah, and that was like cool. You know, like I like that electronic sound. Or yeah, something. but it was quite, it was kind of yeah, but it, that kind of. But then I kind of, when I, you know, when I hit fourteen and fifteen, that's when I could go to really go out on my own. Mm-hmm. You know, you could sort of hit clubs and stuff. Yeah, and you just sort of, in a short period of time, you could see lots of people. You know, sort of, yeah. And so, order and so that was your that was your thing. Go yeah, because that was it. You know, it was that that moment. I mean, you know, you probably know this, and that moment before a band that you love starts and the lights go down and it's back and it's just about to kick off and that's yeah. just that's just everything yeah. you know and that's what i talk about more than music yeah and it was that 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 and so you're, so you're like that. i want to be that guy well it's true yeah you just, what you think well, <laughs> yeah you, it's true you know in some sort of way i mean you have to i mean you have to understand i mean i lived i lived a lot of my life in my head you know i don't live in the reality it was just like i you know you could walk around i could walk around um Birmingham, but I could think it was like, you know, <laughs> Berlin in the sort of 1930s and stuff like that. But that's the way that kind of a lot of people kind of do live and stuff. I don't. I could never really lived in reality, and I tried to make my own reality, you know. But yeah, and then so yeah, I just so you so you decided I'm I'm going to do that. I think everybody does surely at, at, at some stage or be involved. I wanted. I, I didn't what steps did you take to to? When you realised, like, okay, I want to be up there and do be on the other well, side. Well, I thought, well, I thought, yeah, just might try and make music. And I thought the most economical way of doing that was to buy a synthesizer. I didn't really have enough friends to be in a band. Yeah. Even buying a synthesizer back then was kind of difficult because you had to used to walk through the rock mm-hmm. section and the synths were in the back. You had to, like, ask somebody. Ask somebody and they were doing, you know, the whole metal piece with a synthesizer at the back. And, and, uh, yeah, and so what did you get? I got a Pro One. Oh, that's the best synth there ever was. I've still got it. <laughs> Probably needs some work. It's no, perfect. Per- yeah, I'll, I'll show you a picture. Oh, that's good. That's a nice to hear. It's yeah. a good synth. Yeah. No. I, so I, I bought. I bought. So that, that seems like a lucky. Did you know you wanted a Pro One, or, or that's just what they had? Well, funny, well yeah. No, funny enough, I did. Rec- was that mag? Was that magazine like? Was it not Sound on Sound? But so it was it's like so NME or something. Or well, no, it was nothing like that. It was an electronic magazine. It was synthesizer or like magazine. Like keyboardist. Or yeah, something, it was something yeah. like that. And I think they used to have patches of synths. And in this one particular magazine, there, I think they had a patch for. Um, it was a Yazoo patch. Yeah, Yazoo was a big yeah, pro one band. Huh? Good, good, goodbye, seventies. Yeah. I love that song. So yeah. I thought, 
that's great, and I'd buy that, and I thought, well, yeah, that was... But I didn't really kind of realise until like later, well, you need a drum machine as well. And it, all, and it was just, it was kind of, yeah. But I, we used to start putting lots of things together then, and we used to have a little band. And When you say we now... now my friend, yeah, a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine from back then and stuff, and uh, yeah, we just, we had similar interests. So you made him buy a drum machine? No. I think he bought a synth as well. So you just stood next to each other and said, what do we do? <laughs> What happened? Try to sync the LFO. Yeah, I don't think I had no idea what it did. I mean, you know, you could kind of, but it's kind of it was fun, you know, and that was it. You just uh, just did that. We did a couple of, you know, we did quite a few gigs actually. And you're just one guy on the keyboard and the other guy on the keyboard. Yeah, there's there's a lot of videos actually. We still got a lot of videos from the, the late eighties. And, and, and come on. with vocals and stuff too. Yeah, of course. That was the thing because and, and are you harmonizing like singing together at the same time? No, it's a lot of shouting and metal bashing and a lot of t-shirts and shorts. It's very. It's like a lot of. And was, you know, was what's youth. the name of this project? Well, originally it was Family Sex. Family Sex. And then it was Carl and the Curb Crawlers. Carl and the Curb Crawlers. And then it was Here's Health. Here's Here's Health. And then it was Carl and the Curb Crawlers again. <laughs> and so and you're you're Carl, and he's the Curb Crawler. Well, it was just a revolving door of people. Oh, so you just About had three people. Oh, you had to get new people. You know, all you the time. sack them and get them back in again because there's no one else. Fire them and get them back. <laughs> what would you usually fight about? Musical direction. Like what? What? Which way were you? Were you headed? I was. De- I. Th- I definitely. You're like, let me stand in front, and he's like, no, let me stand in front. Well, no, actually, the good thing about us was uh, we used to like. We thought the most important thing you needed a synthesizer, but then you needed a smoke machine. And then after we got a smoke machine, we sort of like, well, we need a pair of leather trousers each, but we couldn't afford leather trousers, so we got some PVC ones, which we used to share for alternate gigs. So we used to share the PVC trousers. Can you imagine that? That's disgusting. Well, so, you know, that's that's the ti- that's the times, you know. So that's what, yeah, but that was it. So, um, And how do you, do you, you just wash them off in the backyard or what? No, it wasn't. I don't, well, to my knowledge, they weren't washed. I guess so you they, only they had just, them on for like an hour. So I guess. Well, they, yeah, they, they disintegrated after a while. But it was kind of good because there was like a lot, a few of our, but then a couple of our mates that I was with, um, he asked me to be in his band. I, um, and I, I did a one thing with them at rehearsal, and then didn't work out. And then they went on to be a band called Ned's Atomic Dustbin, who were quite big. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, what's their big hit? I guess. Yeah, so they were quite big, and you know, just pre-grunge, and they, you know, it's a lot of that type of stuff. So I was, I was always this nearly. Man. So you could have been in Ned's Atomic Dustbin. I could have been. What was their song? I, r- I can't remember their big Happy hit. Happy and they were. They, were, they, were, they had a big hit. I can't. They're pretty big yeah. for for a while. Now I bought it on great. on the Columbia House CD thing. You know, where you that's could buy right. oh ten gosh. CDs for right. a penny or wow. whatever. That's, that sounds like it. <laughs> like yeah, but he was like he was at the Alex, one of the bass players, a good man. And I thought, well, okay, they're doing it. And it happened, and it's like, you know, God, I'm all washed up. I'm 18. It's all over and everything. I thought it was awful, but you know, I, I, I I'm sharing pants with people. It was just yeah, that was just it was just all getting so grotty and confused. And what was the guy's name that you sh- you shared the pants with? Richard. Richard. <laughs> <laughs> is Richard still involved in music? He's not, but no, we're good mates though. Still, <laughs> does he? St- do you still share bands? <laughs> we don't. Fun- we we don't. You should, no. you should try it. Yeah, we should. Just have a, get the band back together. Get the back. Well, get the pants back together. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Put them back or you could probably afford your own leather pants now. Well, of course, that's a, well, that, that's the beauty do of you my have, job. Do you have leather pants now? No, I don't. Have you ever tried on leather pants? No, I never got to that. I always had PVC. I always felt traitor if I got into leather. There was a pair that came into the thing one time, and, oh, and, and it fit me perfectly. 
And they were like the most comfortable, nicest pants I'd ever had. But I had to get rid of them because I, I couldn't couldn't pull them off. Yeah, it's it's just difficult to kind of find how to accessorize leather pants unless you all go full leather and stuff, and then it's just like you know. But they were they were they were they were a little like um they were like kind of like the brown the black ones, but they they had a little hint of brown in them, so, oh. so they were like. Yeah. I don't what? know. They were a little more like um, Jim Morrison type of. Not quite that hippie. They were they like fit kind of like normal jeans. They were like almost passable, which was weird. Wow, how did it feel? They were great. They were like the most comfortable pants I'd ever had on. Well, you know. And I understood. I was like, oh, this is why people wear leather stuff. Well, one of the reasons, yeah, surely. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but I just, um, I find that surprising that after you wanting leather pants, you never, you never made the well, job. Well, yeah, I, I just got past it, you know. I thought, well, I'm just one of, one of the many things I just thought was never going to happen. And leather pants was <laughs> like one of those things. <laughs> and then like the 80s finished and it just wasn't. It wasn't cool anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 if people want to see this stuff, you said it's it's on YouTube or it's no. On so I've got I've I've I used to I used to do things on the internet. What's that social? Um, the MySpace. Insta- no, I did it recently. That silly th- that oh God, Instagram. Instagram. I did it for a bit and stuff. I tried it, but it actually made me look even more boring than I actually am. So I just mm. I stopped that. But um, yeah, so we just uh, just put them, up, put them up on YouTube. Yeah, well, probably. You just have to do it once, and then it's there forever. Yeah, that's kind of disturbing. I'll just t- take it down a bit. I might just have showings and stuff at galleries, or that's back rooms and pubs. No, I don't. I, 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 I'm just like I'm not into this. Like I don't understand why everybody'd want everybody to see everything. That's that's the only thing. I mean, the whole. Well, this is how artificial intelligence develops. Oh, really? No. <laughs> so there you go. If everybody had has access to everything at all the time. Well, that was the thing. It was just like years ago, like especially we're talking about Throbbing Gristle and Jen. It was like oh, the war in information. You know, we've got to rob the bank of information's everything. But it's it's kind of the opposite's true now. Really, we just ha- we have we have it all. So you know. Well, there's. I mean, uh, I don't know where we're headed. It'd be cool. <laughs> it'd be cool if uh, um, that's the truth. If uh, if we evolved somehow, you know, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be against like a. Merging with machines, why not? Well, I just think as a species, we're stupid. We keep making the same mistakes, generation yeah. after generation. I think you know we haven't. We will. We, we will evolve, but we're not. You know. I hope so. I, yeah, I don't care. To be honest, <laughs> do you care? Uh, with people, uh, do you, we probably you might. You know, I don't know. But it's yeah. like, I, don't know. I don't know. I mean, well, um, I guess I do care. I mean, it'd be cool if we're, if. Uh, mm, I don't know. That's a pretty deep question. I think there's a lot of. I think it's just so. Yeah, it's. it's I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, um, your attitude stinks. No, <laughs> I'm so <laughs> negative. It's true. No, it's fine. I've, I know. I can. I can. I, I kind of bring cab drivers down in sort of like in sort of moments. You know, it's, like, it's all over. And no, I, they're probably way more down than you are. Yeah. Well, they probably heard it all. I'm not down. I just like to sort of, you know. But um, so. Let's get back to reality here, maybe. Um, yeah. So then I used to work in a record shop, but then I got, I got a, <laughs> I used to work there, but then I got a job for for SR. Well, that's called Southern. I got Wait, a, repeat a, that. I'm sorry. I used to. I used to. I uh, got a job at Southern Distribution okay. in London, which is like. Um, so you moved to London. Yeah, it was John was uh, run by John Loder and John Knight. John Loder, you run Southern Studios. It was like for Crass and Big Black, and mm-hmm. you know, and and then because. Southern SR, uh, Southern, they did... Um, so what year is this? This is now... This is like 1990. 1990. 91. And so this is... This, so now you're going into London, and this is you're coming from this heavy metal 
city, and then you're going to London, which is probably full-on rave acid house by now? Or not, not really. I mean, this is the, this is the thing. Record about, industry. Yeah, I, I don't... I mean, that kind of stuff... People sort of like to really paint a picture of all that happening, but it, I mean... I mean, the summer of love, whatever, the second summer of love in Asia, I mean, it happened, but there was... The, the, for for dance music, I think, you know, especially in my in my yeah. understanding, it didn't really sort of it it, it, t- it took a lot longer really to sort of really. I so, mean, so it was really just the introduction introduction of ecstasy. Yeah, I mean, people talk in, about in Ibiza way. fondly and stuff, but you have to remember, maybe that they're playing dance music for twenty minutes. Some of these clubs and they were playing like chart hits the yeah, rest yeah. of the time. So it was Jimmy Hendrix, you know, and it was just. Uh, but you know, I worked for them and they did like a lot of. Discord bands, so there was like you know Fagazi, and so I, I did a lot of T-shirts selling for a lot of these people at gigs and stuff. You know, yep. did Nirvana, yep. stuff like that. So I was just part of all that. You know, sort of saw all those that type. So I wasn't really into all so that it was stuff. Like su- sub pop Discord, a lot of sub pop sort of bands, and um, you know things like. But then they had their own bands like Crass, and there were a lot of reg- reggae stuff as well. A lot of, on New Sound as well. So you'd have Bim Sherman coming in and. All these people and just it was it was really interesting and Sherwood and stuff like that and you, you for me I was quite you know really, still relatively young and I was seeing all these people and it was a uh, especially John Lowe was quite he was quite an intimidating kind of character really because he, he ne- I've never heard that name before yeah but he was part of that whole how do you spell his last name L O A D E R or L O D E R is it yeah he did a lot he, he did the Southern Studio he was a lot of he was production on a lot of the Ministry records for instance for oh, instance you know if you could like. See on Land, was Land of Rape and Honey and stuff like that. I think he produced. If you look at a lot of Big Black records as well, he was. Mm. Uh, See, I always thought that Big Black was a, uh, whatever that guy's name is, uh, the guy in Big Black. Uh, that's the Albini. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, he, yeah, but yeah, but like he was. He would. The other guy was producing it at the time. I think um, he was definitely involved with a lot of John Big Loader. I don't. Yeah. Know, I don't know who that is. L O D E R. Yeah. Southern. Southern. I mean, he's, he's passed I know, away. I know, I know the away. name. So I know the distribution company, but I don't. I don't recognize the name it's part you know crass and all that type of stuff so it was just um i never really liked crass that much big black kind of was like no it's a a completely different thing obviously but it was it was just it was i'm just it was just part of what he did but also they um so i used to work there but i used to do van sales for um um so that meant you going around shops and you know stocking up the local shops in london and the and essex and I just noticed that particular time because they did a lot of um, dance music was kind of happening then, and they did this label called Suburban Bass, and they and all of a sudden things like uh, things things were starting to get big with dance music, like there's a you know Bizarre Inc. and playing with knives, like these things. I mean, I d- I wasn't really into any of it at all, but I just noticed. I used to there's do a lot of, there's a lot of copies of these in my van. Yeah, but then I used to get to these places in weird place in Essex on a Monday morning you used to have all these kids queuing outside the shop because they want you know they wanted the latest record they'd heard on the weekend so and what record what records were those do you remember the ones uh, there's one I think it was an awful chart record called Smarties which was like a yeah, yeah, yeah. The take on the Sesame Street it was I, just all, I played that on my radio show a couple of weeks really? ago really yeah. just just as a because I found it well I always remember I found their second their second record was actually okay yeah <laughs> well, it was, the thing is, suburban bass were quite. It was quite an interesting. Leg, but I didn't know anything about it. But I was pretending. I was blagging my way into it. But one of my, the, I, I remember trying to sell that record in from the from the distribution as well. And I think I found up this old shop and this had this old guy on the phone, old boy on the phone. So look, we've got this new record and it's going to be absolutely massive. And he went, "Don't talk to me like that, son. I know I've been doing this for fifty years. I know what's going to be a hit. You know, 
fucking nothing about me. And I was like, well, no, it's going to be a big hit. And he, of course he was wrong. And, yeah. you know, that's it. That's, that's the old, the new replacing the old, you know, and that was it. So, yeah. but the, at that particular time, so I wasn't really into it until I got a record and they got a record in on an interfish label. And I think it was called, yeah, it was the Klangda family record. It was on this Berlin label. And I listened to it. This is this is quite interesting. I had a re, and then I was looking at the remixes, and there was a remix by somebody called Underground Resist Underground Resistance. And then all of a sudden, that was like, okay, this is this is interesting. You know, yeah. this is this is a really great remix. That was about '92. But see, I mean, but that's that makes sense to me from based on what you said earlier, because Underground Resistance has this thing besides the music. That makes it cool. Also, yeah, the music is also good, but they also have they got a cool logo, they got a cool non-image or whatever, and a ethos and all that stuff. Well, they do, I mean, especially at that time, I, di I didn't know if they were black or white. Yeah, I had no, I had no understanding of anything about them, and I think that was, that well, was well, but, but, but the identity was so strong, you know. Yeah. And, and then I started by, by not having an identity. It was a huge yeah, and identity. it was, and it was, um, but the music was the, what I loved they about the music. It was, it was everything I liked previously about experimental electronic music i mean when, when uh, the thing is this is important as well when people talk about electronic music these days i mean they're they're pretty much talking about dance music i mean mm -hmm. i talk about i don't i'm not you know so that's i don't really sort of when i talk about electronic music i talk about yeah daf or fat gadget or you know stuff like that you know st stuff yeah i understand when you're saying you know it's kind of confused it's all synthesizing music if you want to if you want to be a real you know Real electronic music, music concrete anyway, sort of thing. So, so if you want to get really up, it's you know we're all making synthesizer music, so you know. Yeah. But yeah, so so I got I kind of I was there was a lot in that music I could hear that for myself personally well, that I, mean, I, it, I could it, I could I could latch onto because A's got no vocals, so you can cut the, you can cut the leather the PVC trousers and lead singer can go, and then I thought okay that's good you don't need oh you're, you know. so you're like I can do that too. Well, I just thought it was a way, and I didn't necessarily like it, but I thought, okay, this is there's something abrasive and quite punky about it. Plus, it was the start of it as well, so it was kind of uncertain, yeah. you know. And there, I mean, and the other thing too is that it, they also have this uh, DIY thing, too. I don't know if you're aware of it when the records are coming over, but they were another. They pressed them themselves. They sold them. Oh no, you can you complete. I was completely aware of. It. I mean, I think yeah. the, I think it was that that point the thing was starting to change because I think in England we had Warp as well, you know, LF. Obviously, I think the turning point for me because I didn't—I didn't necessarily really like dance, modern, you know, da modern dance music or techno, as people sort of. Because Birmingham was quite important actually for for that because. Um, but what about? Oh, just sorry to, to cut you off. But what yeah. about things like uh, that's in between that, like New Order or something like that? Would that? Well, that, uh, well that's a completely different thing altogether. But that's in between. That's in like between what? That's in between this electronic music that you were liked and and a pop hit. Like but that was but I, I associate that with something that's from completely before. I mean, the lineage of okay, that is so, so different. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm just, that was, that was you know, I mean, th th everything that New Order's, it's based in something completely different. Okay, you know, right. what we, you know, what but they they just made it. They made money. Well, I think. Well, yeah, I mean, but I think you can you can apply what they did to dance music, but they're not necessarily dance music. Okay. You know, I think it, it was it came from something embryonic that was wasn't dance music so necessarily or scene based. Okay, you answered my question. You know, good. <laughs> I don't remember. Happily. I I'm sorry to cut you off. No, I think Birmingham is like the guy called Neil Rushton who, okay. who was basically at one time he he ran Coolcat Records and Network Records. It was quite mm. a big influence. Yeah. I think he 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 managed 
Let's see Derek May and these one, like Atkinson. Network, I think of as like a American-Canadian thing or something. That's it, yeah, exactly. exactly. It's spelled differently. But yeah, oh, no, okay. that, that networks because you've got manufacturing and oh, all that okay, kind okay. of industry. So that's a different... It's completely different. But network. then Martin Rushn, Rushn, Rushnit? Oh, no, no, that was... Rushnit. That's Martin Rushnit's complete. That's a, that's so a, what do you, who, wh- a who was the guy you said before? Hey, you said Martin. Did I? Did I say Martin Russian? I think so. I don't think I said Martin Russian. Who, who did you think you said? Oh my God, I didn't say it. Did I? <laughs> we'll have to rewind. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I, I just want. What, what, sorry, I'm. I'm uh, yeah, but anyway, but yeah. So it was all kind of yeah. Network it, records. Yeah. There's a UK network records. Yeah. Was, yeah. What is that? Um, what is Neil Rushton? That's what you said. Yeah. Neil Rushton. Yeah, I think that's correct. Yeah, that's what you said before, but I thought you were. My, like um, you know what, my brain's got, but it, well, yeah, but he, I think it, he, once he, he did this record called Detroit Techno City, the compilation on ten records and Virgin. It was that was okay. The, I know the, that, and that was pretty much the breakout record for a lot of those Detroit guys. I think he he managed one, mm-hmm. Kevin and Derek all at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I'm not too sure how fondly people talk about him in Detroit now, but um, I, it was definitely instrumental in bringing that to yeah. to Europe, to Europe, especially to English. You know, but I wasn't into all of that when I first heard it. I, it, it was all very soulful for me, and it was very. It was just, you know, it, w- it wasn't really until I heard LFO, LFO, where everything kind of clicked. I really understood what you know, mm-hmm. and that was really important. And uh, so you start buying these these kind of records. Did did a uh you keep one foot in the industrial stuff too, or like, cause at that same time, like ministry was, or bands like that were going into this, like kind of new metal stuff. Yeah, and, and like yeah. even skinny puppy was kind of, I was never really, I was, to be honest, I was never really into that kind of American kind yeah, of guitar, yeah. anything, you know, latch your guitar onto something. And yeah, yeah. you know, um, I, I, I saw, I mean, I saw, I saw, I saw, I saw, I saw nine, I saw nine inch nails on the very first tour and they were supported by the Wolfgang press and Wolfgang press just, obliterated them yeah. and it was just embarrassing for them but that was like I mean I love stuff like that I um, still really really like Pretty Hate Machine it's a good pop album yeah. right yeah no it's it's nothing wrong with that but yeah. I just I just never the rest I never of them. I ne- it would never it wasn't something for me really maybe I felt kind of too sophisticated or something yeah. and it was just I never understood Americans and electronic music. It kind of for some reason it never. It was it was always uh, it was always a very European thing for me. I know it's probably sound weird, but it was just a. a but that's part of my identity. But, but even so, but even so, you're saying European, but most of the stuff you're you're talking about is British, even. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean a lot of people, but I, I love things like DAF as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean especially. Yeah, and then uh, like what other stuff? I mean, there's other like Belgian Front Two Four Two and stuff like that. Yeah, that was a bit later, and that was all. That was really really good fun. But I, I mean, I love Night Sereb a lot more because I, they were kind of it was just a different thing, you know. And then yeah, and it was just it was about because I mean they they understood James Bond. It was it wasn't just about other stuff really. But like the '90s was a weird time because like that, uh, uh, what happened with the industrial music at that time? It, it all pretty much became techno or. I think it it's just melted. Time, yeah, I yeah. think it just melt. Yeah, it just melted into sort of. I mean, that was the thing you see. So when you heard an underground resistance record, you thought, "Well, I can link this to really, really cool stuff." But what they were doing it, but they made it really hard and yeah. very oppressive. But they they had the great sort of funk dance slant onto it that was. Yeah, because uh, I, I guess they made it sound really modern. 
Know? Yeah, I guess in the 90s too, even stuff like the Cabaret Voltaire mm. even started doing this kind of bleep techno thing. Yeah, they did the album at the end, wasn't it? Yeah. Groovy Lay Back and Nasty, and yeah. then they did all that other stuff. I really liked that. Song. I love that. I record. like that song, Searching a lot. Search with Ten City on it. Yeah, right. yeah, it's like Marshall Jefferson yeah, produced or something. Yeah, such a great, that is a great record. And he kind of sings like New Order a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I don't, but um but the late, the stuff after that you know the few years after that it becomes a lot more um like warp style stuff even or ambient yeah I can't warp. and the one on there's one on Apollo after that yeah like that's ambi- right. ambient kind of record the conversation and stuff like that it was good, a good record I mean you know people they just try that I think it's difficult for a lot of people back back then like like you're talking about New Order or or anybody to sort of uh, who were electronic music pioneers and then all of a sudden find themselves in the middle of dance music. Yeah, yeah. And it just overtook them, you know, and that's it, it, overnight it made ev- everything with vocals or anything else sound obsolete, really. So with this huge sort of shift, massive with dance music and what happened. So. Because, I mean, then, then there's other things, like you mentioned Wolfgang Gang Press. Mm. In the 90s, they beca- they would started having these like kind of like breakbeat, chill out yeah. kind of a... That album. Which I really like now. I love, yeah, yeah. Somehow, but at the time, I was like, "What is this?" Yeah. Stuff? Like, uh, uh, what happened to the like jangly guitar? Yeah, stuff? exactly. Yeah, they, they had the, I love that album. That, that was like, I don't know. I know only know one. Of the, one of the singles I really like. I can't remember what the name. It's like uh, it's like a gray. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but that was that's just a weird time because these you know some bands melded into this you know kind of Happy Mondays. Yeah. Whatever that stuff was, you know, acid house chill out room, yeah, the orb kind of. But then some other stuff became minimal techno, or which is it a was ter- which is a terrible word, but it, it really did, everything really kind of lost its way. Really, yeah. I mean, I mean, where, where you could definitely define the sixties, seventies, and eighties, you know, from the start of the decade to the end, yeah. the nineties became a bit more. It just and became a bit weird. Really. And you also had grunge going on at the same time, yeah, which, which, which was like somehow linked to that. Because it was DIY, you had sub pop records, which yeah. which had a history in that. And uh, but I, yeah, I don't know how that relates to where you were. But I mean, because they, were, I, they I, were coming and playing, and you were selling their records at the yeah, store. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I remember. So, I mean, especially like things like Bleach, and I mean, yeah, when that came in, I thought I thought it was an average record. I saw them on the the first sub pop tour when they supported Tad. Yeah, Tad were amazing. Nirvana weren't. But he he was spe- he was obviously special. Yeah, you can pick him out. Yeah. You know, but uh, but they weren't great. But Tad were amazing, actually. Man, yeah. Tad were great. But yeah, you know, it was just like it, just kind of weird time. People, you know, I think it was that cycle starting again. But the cycle was so weird. Yeah. You know, and then I think for me personally, it really found its feet when Trezor released, especially the you know the first track, Jeff Mills album. Yeah. Because then I, everything just kind of clicked because it was everything I kind of wanted with music. It, and dance music, it wasn't when, twee. You know? When did when did Tresor start releasing records? Is that what was their stuff before Jeff Mills? Yeah, they, they did in, um, they did Interfish. I think that was a label they did before Tresor in the uh, late late eighties. And what was on there? I don't. Know. I think the final cut record. I think wasn't it? Was that one? Okay. They did they did a couple of other records as well. I think was it? Ma- did they do a Clock DVA record? And oh, weird. Ma- ma- maybe I think you know. I think. But how, I mean, and what year did Tresor open? Do you, do you know? As a label, maybe '92, mm. and, I mean, and the club, <coughs> similar. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought too. I, I don't remember it being back to the '80s. So that and uh, well, it wasn't the '80s because obviously the wall was still up, and you yeah. know, so it was still in the walled city then. But yeah, weird, yeah. It's a strange time. 
and um and so you're you're at home with your pro one and uh, yeah, and 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 delivering these records around london and and in london um you're living on your own there or you had a, a uh, well the funny thing was i was living at uh, they'd moved offices so uh yeah i was living in the old office i was i was basically squatting mm-hmm. and i remember i had this I had no pillows or anything like that, so I used to have this box of. It was a sub pop split record. It was Jesus Lizard and Nirvana. Oh yeah, I remember. And I used, to put, and I used to put my head on. I think Christ, if I wish I'd had that pillow now, yeah. it's probably like, like seven hundred grand or something. Yeah. That, all those records, but it was pretty awful because the downstairs suit. It was all. It was just, and so it just wasn't for me really. I thought, okay, this is not working. This is not my idea of fame in London, and so maybe. I, so then I went back and just went back. So I, 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 I stopped doing it really, and then. I, so you went back to Burmi- Burm- Birmingham. I went back to Brum. So sorry if I c- I'm going to say Birmingham. Does it offend you? Not really. I just that's the way it comes out. Um, so you went back, and, and what you're like 25 or something? Yeah, probably 24, 23. I thought you know, let's do a record. I thought might as well give it a go. And that you're on your own. Yeah, well, I'm with my friend Richard. Same guy with the pants. Yeah, and also a friend of mine, Peter, who's a friend of mine who, who did stuff on my label as well. Well, our label at the time. But we started out, we didn't really have any money, but we knew this guy who ran this guest house. It was a guy called Dutch Henry. Mm-hmm. And he was he had, Dutch? He wasn't Dutch. <laughs> he smoked a lot of weed or something. Man, he, but I'm not, I'm not too sure. Really now looking back, it probably was it was all unsavory, really. He was like this older man in the guest house, and it was just all, it was called Dutch Henry. But he was he was really he had this idea of wanting to start. He was into experimental music, but his idea of experimental music was something else. And he wanted to start a record label or put music out. So I said, "Look, I can put stuff out, and I can find you artists." Um, purely because I'd I'd worked in I'd worked in showbiz up until that point, so I knew a few people, and uh, we put a record out. And he, uh, he had this record label called Zeitgeist. He said, oh, "Let's call it Zeitgeist." Well, that's awful, but he's give us the money. So we put that out, and uh, we put a couple of experimental records out that didn't sell anything. And then we did a, like, um, yeah. And what did what did they sound like? Uh, well, one's like really good actually. There's one called yeah. There's one called Antonym. I, I've since I've since re-released these on downwards because I can't, I kind of count these as the first downwards yeah, records. I, I don't know anything about your music. You'll have to. Oh, it's great. <laughs> so what's it, what's it called again? Ant- Antonym. Yeah. Antonym. Yeah. Like synonym, antonym. Yeah, he uh, was like, he, he was he was like. What, what the, a synonym is words that sound the same. Antonym is what? It's a, it's a what, what is it? It's like a. They're spelled the same, or, or no? That's isn't that um. There, there, and there. I don't know what an antonym is. I don't care. <laughs> I think it was just his name's Anthony. Oh okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. We'll have to look that up. Yeah, no, no, it is. Isn't it like? Isn't it sort of something spelled back? Isn't it spelled backwards or something? I, is it, I don't. I can't remember what it is. What we'll it is? It's something that looks. Oh, I don't know. It really does. Anyway, they're it's like a good record. They're like spelled, spelled different, but said, yeah. said the same. Yeah, that's right. I don't think that's right. It's not right. We can look it up. It that would be my guess if I had to yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. Have to write it down. Yeah, that, that's my guess. <laughs> but it, yeah, so it was, we put records up, but I was kind of, but I. You know, when I was in the record shop, I made really good friends with a lot of people, local people, um, like who were in local bands, and uh, in particular, a guy called Mick Harris used to be the drummer of Napalm Death. Okay. And Mick, at that stage, he was in, um, you know, and Justin Broderick, who's in Godflesh, and these all became my, you know, kind of friends and a, a sort of group, as uh, friends, 
and people that I knew or knew me from the record shop. So, he, but Mick really helped us out early on with a lot of helping getting this stuff together. And so he he knew how to make records. Well, he knew how to make records. I yeah. mean, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he or he he knew as he anybody was really helpful. You so, know, so you went into a studio and recorded these, or, or you're well, at, well, at your he, house? Well, that the first one we went into a studio. Yeah, and and so the the, the, the weird thing was it was um. Yeah. Oh God. You know, Derek. So it's from, you, you and yeah. you and uh, Peter. Peter and Richard. And Richard. And Antonin. And Antonin. Yeah, because we went. What's his? De- and you go into a studio. You book some time. Yeah. Like what? Four hours or something. Well, first we asked. We we got. Um, what is it? What's it Not is it Derek or Nigel from Hines from Steel Pulse, who's a Birmingham band, and he's he, he sort of said, "Look, lads." You can't come into my studio, but I, I can, I can p- hook you up th- with somebody. I can put you in there. He was, he was actually awesome. Yeah. He, he he really was awesome. So um, he pointed us in in the direction of somebody else locally, and that they helped us out. But they were just disgusted, I think, by it. And they said, "Look, lads, we'll we'll pay you not to come back, but just here you can have this old mixing desk and stuff." So yeah, yeah, it was just it was just so. I, but I, what, so you're recording it. On the tape at your house or something, and then taking it to a it was on DAT at that stage. Yeah, at yeah. DAT. So yeah. You're, you're recording it onto a DAT machine, and then you take the DAT down to the yeah. pressing plant, and they master it and press it there. Yeah. And, and we d- and and you're 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 you you met these people through the the Napalm Death and the Godflesh guy oh, through the record shop I'd worked through in the previously. Yeah, so we make those connections. Yeah, but and you you had saved some money, and you all put it put it together. And, and well, yeah, I was. I mean, I. Oh, yeah, du- pa- Dutch, yeah. the Dutch, Dutch. The, well, we, 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 yeah, we stopped working with him because oh, he, he was. I think he, he, was he just expecting got, some he return just, for his money. He was big return. <laughs> that was never going to come. I couldn't pay him, possibly pay him back what he wanted. Yeah. So it was all getting unsavory with mm-hmm. him, and yeah, so we just ran off. But then, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So, but anyway, Mick introduced. Uh, he he said, "Oh well, I've got a friend who's doing some music." He's been recording in my basement toilet because he used to have a to- he has a studio in his ba- his downstairs toilet. Um, we used to. Have, I mean, that sounds because obs- yeah, it, but it was probably like the only room that you could not bug the neighbors in or something. I fucking hell, he bugged the neighbors. Okay, Jesus Christ, okay. they had so many fallouts yeah. with the neighbors. But yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, but yeah, so he had his friend called Surgeon from a local who who. who, who who was who founded one of the a local club called the House of God, and I said I'd give it a listen. It was, and that was the first Surgeon record, mm-hmm. and it was like, uh, yeah, that was amazing. So instantly, I thought, yeah, I want to do a techno label now. So and so, when you hear this first stuff from Surgeon, mm-hmm. what does it does it sound different from what you're doing, or or what it, is it just? No, it, it actually sort of there was there was a there's something about it that I could really that was similar direct it was just the energy really you know and it was something about it, it wasn't it, it wasn't just the music man it was yeah. something it was it was something else that i could really connect with and and had you met him before or no or i hadn't met, no, no no i hadn't okay. met i'd met him and we just were connected by mick and then yeah it was a big leap of faith for tony to let us do and he's a birmingham birmingham, birmingham <laughs> person too yeah he was at, i think it was university there or mm-hmm. he he was something like that but he not he wasn't originally he's not originally from there but he you know he certainly moved there yeah he spent some years there yeah yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, my only experience with him, I, I rode in a van with him one time on like a pickup, like at a festival yeah. or something. He was very nice. Yeah. One of the most pleasant people to ride in a van with. But then I, I, don't, I was somewhere else and I like went to go, s- go in the room to watch him play and I couldn't even go in. Really? I think it was like fabric or something. It was so aggressive. Yeah. It his was, music, like, it his was music. like some of the most aggressive 
thing I've ever heard. Really? Yeah. Like, like ever? Uh, it was, and also loud. I think it was at Fabric. I think it was I played at Fabric, oh, no. and he was like in the other room, and I tried to go in there, and I couldn't, I just had to like, but then you meet him, and he's like the most pleasant person you've oh, ever. Oh, well, there you go, the, the dark side, and then you open there. Uh, yeah. And so, and so you hear this music. I haven't, I don't know that much about this kind of music. Um, is his first record like, is that what it sounds like too? Like this really like, um, yeah, I mean, balls to the walls. Uh, um, well, of course, this, everything was in its infancy then. There was no yeah. real, there was no real, there was nothing really to sort of, I mean, it was very obviously very Mills influenced, Jeff Mills influenced, but this was the beginning of something. So it's know? like, and, and it's just like, you know, this really repetitive, I guess, and kind of one drum machine, yeah, one sequence kind of thing going on. Yeah. And so that that's what it sounded like then to you. Yeah, well that that was well that was the economy of it was the and the yeah, yeah that that's what I love about music. It wasn't overblown, it wasn't you know. It and so the only thing that I could sort of think of that it is is remotely like that would be that I could compare it to that is it would be like drop bass network or stuff like that. But mm. were you aware of that stuff or is that that's drop that was bass. a little bit later though, I guess. Yeah, well the first time I played I came to America I was really aware of that, you know, yeah. the whole kind of sort of thing. But uh, this was just you know, so this was like ninety three when I sort of we did this ninety three. So these are uh, you know. almost happening at the same time separately. Yeah, I mean the whole sort of tech it was everything was in its infancy. It was yeah. the beginning of everything. It seemed it was really exciting. We had no reference point where we were going to or how it was gonna we yeah. really didn't I mean, we had no idea how long this was actually gonna go. You know, we thought we'll give it a few months, give it a few weeks, see how it goes and then uh Yeah, but instantly when we put that record out we just noticed that all of a sudden everything, you know, all the stars aligned, you know, and it yeah. was just uh you know, it, it became something that was uh so that was probably one of the first uh, uh British records that was that uh, techno, like, well, uh, uh, but uh, but uh, distinctly uh, British. Tech- yeah. I don't know how to. I don't know. I, I think it was something I th- new. I, th- I think the th- the th- thing about what we had maybe possibly we 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 had we had the the artist and the label and it was very much uh, it was a unifying factor. Maybe other, there was other great techno artists, of course, but it yeah. was it was you know it was. It was nothing that cemented it to like an identity with the label. You know, the la- it was all very much one, you know, and then and, and then it all progressed from there. Really, yeah. That's what we had. It was just kind of a clear vision, really. What we we knew what we were doing, but that's because we we brought ideas in from other places as well. So that was the you know it wasn't just necessarily we weren't about dance music. We weren't about it was about lots of different things. Yeah, because it's not dance music, really. Well, it was not at all. Yeah. It, you know, I but mean, for you know, some reason, it's always put in that setting. Yeah, it was kind of. I mean, it's danceable. You can put it on. It's, they still sound great, you know. I still love listening to those. Right, you can still hear hear it out. But it's it's a different thing, you know. It's it's very yeah. disciplined. Sort of. But it's, and, yeah, and what, were, was there so like at, at, at that time when when Surgeon put that stuff out, is he playing live around in places or he just? Well, he was, was a like D, he was a D, he was a DJ in a club, the local club in Birmingham, which the high school still going. I mean, it's one of the most legendary yeah, techno. I remember cl- that. You know, legendary techno clubs really. You know, it's, still going and it was founded by Tony and Neil and the, the amazing Terry Donovan and Chris Wishart and uh, you know all these amazing local DJs Paul Damage and th- these phenomenal DJs and we we will you know we all thought that's how techno was so you so know. he's making stuff to to play at this club I mean he, I think he was but I think Tony was a lot more savvy he 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 looked he had, he had a he had a broader you know he knew what was going on on the outside as well he knew 
really what he wanted to do. He went to university. You know, <laughs> I think he started to, but then he like then he became famous, and it was like, yeah, uh, yeah. I think I ruined it for him. So so that that started your label, and 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 uh, then yeah. then stuff started rolling from there. What what do you remember some some next steps steps after that that uh, you feel like talking about? Because <laughs> I mean, I'm you probably told this story before, you know, like people probably ask you this shit all the time. Well, not well, you know, it's just it's it's like club club. Uh, I think club. it's it. Well, you know, it's yeah, nightclubs. But no, we. I mean, the thing is, when we we put his second record out, the first record was massive. You know, from going from s- selling no records whatsoever on the previous two with Dutch Henry mm-hmm. to like people actually wanting to do this, and then we, I think we pressed up five hundred initially, and then that was gone, and then repress what well well, then it's like then it goes on and on and on and on and then okay then you have to do a second then your second run that happens with it exactly the same thing but even more and then everything's selling and then by by that stage i thought christ we've actually got a record label but we need some artists i just Mm -hmm. didn't know anybody so i thought well maybe i'll i can have a look through some of my old dats and put something out that might resemble techno in a little (laughs) (laughs) and i did and that massive as well and I just it was just one of these things where it's the momentum of something happening and it was the times and that was really it was really really unique it's just something that can't happen again you know to that degree because it was it was so exciting it can happen again just not to you I don't think it can happen again (laughs) I think it can I I mean we're selling records or um no I know you know I, I I think no of course it can I mean you know I think excitement and music and that type of thing you know no you no you're quite right but it was uh there's yeah. you know there's got to be I mean yeah it, it just that was a special thing a special moment for sure and uh it was that I mean that's the thing to me is it it definitely is something new like even even Jeff Mills and and that stuff that was really new at the time but this is it's not really the same it's it you know you could see where the influence is but it's not yeah, I mean, I, it, it, I don't know. I don't know what the. Rela- I mean, people. Well, do people say that it's they're related or? or well, I think. I think initially, I think it was undoubtable because you, you could definitely sort of see that because you know, what Jeff Mills did was pretty much. I mean, it's boring to say it was year zero for a lot of things because yeah. because up until that stage, things had been sort of maybe melodic. People want you know, it was a, it was a it was a tuned into. So what 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 Jeff Jeff Mills did was is a very very direct way of making dance music happen and it was um and it was yeah and, and, and better for it because it you know people still to this day adhere to that blueprint you know yeah yeah and um but yeah so then yeah just so and then all of a sudden it just started really really taking off and we thought well maybe I, well then i thought maybe i should take this a bit serious and so now you're a transatlantic father yeah trans- <laughs> Oh shit! Sure. Well, Sorry, well, that's done. where it got you. Uh, you got that, it. that was the beginning. Well, where will that? Yeah. <laughs> but um, so so but I mean <laughs> that's that that's that seems like that was the moment you know beside you know this is the next moment after Elvis. Um, Definitely. So you you uh, well the thing was it, it kind of it, the, the thing it was but it was exactly how I imagined it in my own head. I didn't imagine my life taking any other course because like I said there was no plan B. This is this is the only thing I could do. So. It just happened, and it was just hard, work and that's what we did. And we, yeah, we just started doing gigs and stuff. And then all of a sudden, I got this sort of an email. I was getting fax, actually, fa- email. There was no email then. <laughs> Jesus, I got faxes 
because that's that's when you knew you were in business when you got a fax machine. Mm. And I used to have the fax machine going on. I used to ring at night and everything. I used to look at it, and um, I think, oh, Josh Winks just text me who's this person from EMI Japan wanting to know how who our press agent is because they want our press agent because they can't believe we're selling so many records we're selling more than them in ter territories I think t Surgeon's first album sold a thousand records in one shop in Japan Jesus in one shop so it was just well I think I mean that's the thing that people recognize when there's a new thing happening and they want to be like oh I got their record the yeah. day it came out I'm just thinking you know people used to play records it was yeah. functional it was, it was yeah it was kind of interesting so it was a yeah and that's the, you know another thing about that is a you know DJ culture is in full swing at that point by 90s and it, and it's still it's pretty mature because you know people have been mixing records now for you know 20 years or so yeah, in the nineties. Yeah. Well, that's the funny. I mean, the thing is, I, I. So it's in, in the states. That's definitely in New York. That's definitely true. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. I think the first person I. I mean, I was still in, in the eighties and the late, you know, the yeah. early nineties. People were still. It was still. Let's play a record. Let's introduce something. And, okay. You know, play the next record. Then. So it was not as. Give a birthday request. Then I think the first time I was ever aware of somebody, somebody actually. Mixing two records together, I think it was like Andy Weatherhall, okay. like maybe like early nineties, and I and I was I was at the club and I thought, wow, I know something's happened. Yeah. I know it's not the same as it was ten minutes ago, but I wasn't aware of how it's happened. And like whether and I think that Weatherhall was the first person I ever saw do that, and it was that was pretty amazing because then had. But but you, you know, got, I mean, were you aware? I mean, that you were making stuff. Like for a DJ, you know, like these records are, are, they sound like they're made to be mixed, is what, you know, that was well, my point. Is I, like I, no, no, not, not at all. No, I mean, I think I, I had no understanding about dance music. I think somebody, uh, we had all these things in the beginning because it was so successful, like record labels used to phone us up. I think it was actually because our one of our early catalogue numbers was very similar to Mr. C's catalogue. I mean, I think one of his press age, um, one of his company phoned us up and said, well, you know, you've got the same catalogue number as us. This is, this is just not on. And, uh, like you know, we'll change uh, it. Can, can, no, they said, can you change it? The thing was because I think some somebody had contacted them for um, a licensing, a but massive so licensing deal, and it wasn't them; it was us. So oh. we got it. So anyway, we got into the conversation. Oh yeah, well, because he was interested. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. And he said, "Well, what temp? What, what BPM do you?" And I had no and, understanding. Yeah. I did, well, I didn't know what a BPM was, so I said yeah. four thousand. Yeah. And he, I said, no, I thought I thought it sounded like a fair ballpark figure, yeah. four thousand BPM. And he just like. Because I was taking the piss and yeah. stuff. Because I, I mean, I had no idea at that stage. Yeah, I mean, like All I was doing, I was timing it. Sort of, I think I timed it to a Donna Summer record. Yeah. I thought well, that's almost dance music, so that will do. But I think I sped it up or something, so it wasn't the right sort of. <laughs> I think I was, and plus it was like on a, a lot of it was made on a. I mean, I made it on an Atari ST, so it was like really weird tempos and stuff. Yeah, I don't remember. How did they set the BPM on that thing? I don't remember how, how it works. I, I only used, I, I used Octomed one time or twice. Or yeah, something. I can't remember. It didn't work. Yeah. No, it was pretty tight, though, actually. Yeah, maybe. It, it just scrolls. I you know what? I, I couldn't even remember how any of that works anymore. I can yeah. barely remember how it, the stuff I got at the moment works. I was not really a techni technical person, really. But, you know, yeah, I mean, people... Yeah, and I had some friends that still use that, and I would go there, and we'd make stuff, and, and they would just scrolls. That's all yeah. I remember. I don't remember like how you set the tempo. Um, I'm sure it's like a little button somewhere. But but I mean that uh, that's just for me. Like I could see why 
I wasn't aware of this. You know, in 1995, I was probably full. I was listening to the the Discord and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. Stereo Lab or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. the more indie stuff. I wasn't aware. You know, to me, I guess I was a little bit aware of like the Warp, you know, or Aphex Twin or stuff like that. But yeah. but techno was still to me. I had this junglist. You know, I thought it was like a candy raver and like this. Yeah. Like, I didn't. I wasn't aware of that. Well, stuff America at all. was re- America was really hard. I mean, that's the first one because, like, we yeah. were kind of by the you know we were kind of used to or Europe. We were used to like doing our stuff. Then for '95, it was really kicking off. '94, '95, yeah. it really kicked off. So we were very used to it. So I got like um, a fax one night. I said, "What do you want to come and play America for the first time?" Of this kid called um, Dan from Edison, New Jersey. And so I said, yeah, okay. well, I said, of course I want to come and play live. I mean, I can't play live, but I thought I'm, I'm going to get a free trip to America because yeah. that, that was all, because, you know, that was, that was all I really wanted to do. That, that was great. Let's, we've made it. So, yeah, I always sort of, so we were the, like, really the third wave of the British invasion because we came over the same time as the Spice Girls. So, it was just, so I can remember coming over on Virgin and that was, like, massive and yeah. we thought we'd made it. So Jesus Christ. But, yeah, so Dan, so there we just ended up in Edison, New Jersey with Dan. I mean, Dan Clip- who's Dan's last name? Do you know? I, I, I do. I can't. Well, I'll say this now. Dan's really huge lobbyist now in in um, in um, Washington. You can see him on the Fox Channel. He's got his own show, and it's it's pretty insane. Um, but people know people know him as Dan DC back then. I, I won't say Dan's name. You can see people who know him. Know him but yeah, no, he's a Republican. Yeah, well, I mean, you know. But it's kind of, it's just so funny because he's on, you can see him, all, all comments are disabled on his YouTube, because everybody knows what he was up to. So anyway, he brought us over here, and that was pretty mad, because I think the first gig I ever did in my life was in Philadelphia, and we were just, because we and were still... This is 1995, 96. This is 96. 96. So just, we just got into New York just at the end of the real interesting stuff, so yeah. I felt, I felt, I felt... I just got here just at the end, tail end of everything being really great. You yeah. know, so it was still. Oh, it was amazing. Though. Yeah, it was. No, I, I mean, it was just I'm sure. Philly was pretty rough back then too. Fuck. I mean, America was just like so odd because I don't. I just expect it to be like Europe, but no. kids were just like sitting on the floor. There was no, you know, you should go to a club, but they were just sitting on the floor. Yeah. And it's like okay, then it was just so. This is a different cult. Just completely different. Yeah. I think it was pretty drug heavy. Yeah, it was well. Okay. That, well, that was the thing you see a lot of that lot of the people that I came like over. They didn't drink. There would be like no alcohol. There's no alcohol, yeah. and I didn't. You know, we yeah. just didn't understand yeah. that. Like no alcohol, but these. It was easier to get drugs than it was to get alcohol. But as it was a teenager. so brutal, and I came over. Yeah. And everyone was like such all these baggy clothes and everything. It seemed so old fashioned, and it was just so weird. And but I kind of really loved it, and it was so we. So Dan was Dan Clifton was great, and then we played Chicago. But we didn't realise that particular time because we just we were just the old European way of doing it. So I had all my backing tracks on DAT. I yep. just I did some. That was disgusted. Obviously, Americans were disgusted oh. by that because I thought, oh well, that's like. And it was just um, you can't do that because you need yep. three o three, and there was like I think it was all these people who were like disgusted by it, and we were that was that was kind of an eye opener, <laughs> to be honest. I thought, okay, maybe we might need to rethink this American thing. Yeah, I mean. It'd well, you didn't. Ha- there was no way to know what you were gonna, what it was gonna be like. It was insane because everyone was just kids then, really, you yeah. know. And, and uh, but Dan had a really good. Fr- I mean, we were just looking. I mean, all I was looking at just coming into the city. That's all I cared about. So Dan mm-hmm. had a really good friend in the city. He said you can stay with him. And it was just this uh, place on yeah, Thirtieth Street between Seventh and Eighth. 
Mm. Just opposite Rogue. Yeah. And there was Dave Sumner. It was Dave yeah. Sumner, but okay. you know, it was, and Dave, and we stayed with Dave when we first met him. He was, it was horrible. <laughs> it was miserable, horrible. But he just, just looked at us, didn't want to. But um, yeah, but we stayed. <laughs> we, we we were there, and uh, but no, he was it was amazing actually. Him and his roommate. But it was, but they had this amazing apartment. Just there, and it was just you looked out the window, huge ceiling to floor windows, and you had the Empire State Building there. Yeah. And you're looking over, but that's, Penn right, Station, that's the garden. where Limelight is right there. I think it was Limelight was a bit further down, maybe, yeah. Yeah, back, but yeah, pretty close, you know. And uh, but it was it was a really at that particular time, it was we were really living out our own, we were the stars of our own B movie, and it was just amazing. It was just, yeah. you know, and but no, we obviously became really close friends. I mean, you know, Dave Rogue Music, I think, was on the 10th floor, they lived on the 15th. Dave worked at Rogue Music. He only had to go down five flights at <laughs> the elevator. He got he got fired for being late, which was great. So, but we had access to all this gear down there at Rogue Music, and we didn't take advantage of any of it, obviously. So, yeah. you know, just uh, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, I came to New York then. And, you know, I was pretty sort of straight edge then, really. But I left it with um, yeah, just like until you came to New York. Yeah, no, it was, uh, I, I, it was at that particular time. Yeah, no, I, yeah. Can thank, I can thank Dave Sumner for that particularly. You know, that was a, you know, <laughs> no, we just it was that, that, and then it was yeah, another twenty years of trying to get away from that. But it was a uh, yeah. But there were it was just like a weird generation of kids that I those New Yorkers that I thought were normal. Yeah, it was like the gangs of New York. I mean, you know, Dave and Adam X, and you know, obviously his brother Frankie Bones and stuff like that. And he, they, they ran the shop on, you know. Carmine. Sonic Groove on uh, Carmine Street. Was it? Yeah. Just pr- and they, it was just all these really larger-than-life characters. They were like the str- gangs in New York. They're just street street urchins and with a horrible, horrible, horrible just way of being. You know, they're just so nasty and vicious. And, and I, thought, I, I, thought, I, thought, I thought it was fabulous, to be honest. You know, they were just all getting into fights. and. That's Yeah, I guess that is. I, you don't think about it. I, I, I don't. It didn't seem weird to me. I would think that's just how people, Americans, were. That was like, that, especially that generation, it was like cool to be tough and not give a shit. And, and well, uh, since then, every other generation I've met since then has been great in yeah, New York. Because yeah, yeah. so really is this generation of kids. And, the you know, things like Maria 909, all the, either they, the women were even rougher than the blokes. You yeah. know, it was just, it was hardcore. <laughs> you know, and it was just. You know, you didn't, tur- you, didn't tur- you didn't turn up at somebody's show. They'd get completely offended about it. Then they'd have a fight with you on the street, and it was just, it was just fantastic hyper reality. You yeah. know, I mean, even even recently, I played with, I, I played with, not recently, but probably like two thousand six or eight or something. I played with them in Philly, and the promoter didn't pay us, and so he just he stole the promoter's wallet and took <laughs> who did Adam, and took oh, the turntables so also. That's just like that's so normal. For yeah, them. I mean, and that wasn't. It was like okay, that's what you do when you don't get paid. You know, but that's like take but their ID. You know, take their ID. To take their ID. That, well, they're urchins. So that's the way they are. I mean, they're just yeah. a bunch of. But I like. But them. that's. I love. I love yeah. it. You know, they're just like dear friends, and you know. But they were all really. I mean, especially. I mean, Dave was doing a. You know, he was do, starting off his stuff at the time as well, recording his stuff, and he did a really. He was on Sine Wave, and he did a, mm-hmm. a really proto. His first record was actually. It's amazing because it wasn't. At, it was out of step for the time, but it it really signaled the way a lot of minimal techno kind of followed and stuff, you know, it was really, it was quite, um, you yeah, know, that, revolutionary that, for the That's time. another person that, for some reason, I, I, 
I never met him before in my life. Okay. I have good friends that are like really close with him, but for some reason I just never came yeah. across him. I don't know why. Well, he's what you know. He's, he's one of my dearest, closest friends. But if I ever see him again in my life, I'll kill him. <laughs> I just never want to see him again. But he's one of the dearest, closest people I know. That's good. Sounds, I'm so, sounds so nice. <laughs> so goes for all of them. They're all they're all just like nutters, man. Yeah. Well, no, nobody. I mean, yeah. you know what I used to hate about in New York at that time? They used to have those car alarms that you just keep to go off. And they used to have like, and then they have like, I used to hear all night. It's noise. It's so annoying. Yeah, I just sleep with a fan on on full blast all year oh, round. Okay. Yeah, I just need my my white noise. Yeah, I don't think it does, that doesn't happen anymore. It's kind you know, of there's a lot no more, more car alarms. Yeah, there's it's pretty safe here now. I think. Um, I I mean I didn't move to New York till 1999, so I really caught the tail end of the mm-hmm. clubbing. But I mean, I definitely was at Sonic Groove a lot, and I still see at I still see Frankie Bones quite regularly. You know, uh-huh. like at least once a month he comes into the shop. Um, I'm trying. He said he would come do the podcast, which I thought that would be amazing. I don't know. I mean, I might. I mean, I guess I would get Adam on too. Um, he's he did my radio show before, I think. When I did interview, well, I, I'll get all those guys on. Yeah, I've seen I've seen Adam recently actually quite a few times. Yeah, yeah, I guess he's living in Berlin now. Well, that's it with Dave as well. I mean, that you can't, I can't. When I think of New York, I think of them too. Yeah, so it's you know, weird when you come here now. You know, it's kind of weird. I mean, nobody that, lives in Manhattan anymore. I don't know. I mean, I, it's yeah, starting uh, to go back a little bit. Yeah. Some people are there, but I don't know anybody. Well, I think I mean New York in general. I think for for me. I mean, I always it was always Manhattan for me. I, d- I never really understood Brooklyn to be honest. So it was always this kind of. So I think after I think when Dave did move here, yeah, I just never understood it really. I think it was I, th- I was kind of yeah. It was yeah, it's weird. N- none of us weird. are. No one. We're not all. We're not from here. Yeah, it's kind of like I've been here twenty years, but I'm still not. Yeah, from here. it kind of wasn't as fun as it. It just wasn't as fun, but because you know Manhattan didn't. It stopped being the playground. You couldn't. It wasn't the likes of us couldn't be there anymore. You know. <laughs> That's it, especially. In the but I mean, it was pretty lawless. Like you, once you got past the bouncers and you were in a club, you could freely drink, do drugs, have sex, smoke whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Like, you well, that's the problem. The, wor- the worst thing would would happen would be get into a fight with somebody. Well, that's well, there you go, Dave and Adam X. I mean, yeah. Dave, even before you get in, I mean, I've, I mean, the best thing about Dave is that he, you know, he started a fight at Ground Zero with one of the security guards. I mean, that's like yeah. just for a laugh. Yeah. I mean, th- these kids are. Well, it wasn't a lot. I mean, he, you know, he, the thing is, he always has a point about something, but he just like he just He's righteous uh, or something. Yeah, I many years, but oh my god, it was so. Oh <laughs> god, this. I mean, him, him and Adam usually have fights actually before they even get in the nightclub. Oh. You know, I don't. Uh, yeah, that whole like don't disrespect me kind of thing. Uh, it's I, so funny. But yeah. Dave worked at Limelight for a while. Yeah, he was. A, I think he was a resident there as well okay. early on. But uh, yeah, he worked for. Um, yeah, he introduced me to a lot of people. You know. You know, people like. Arthur Weinstein, who was a you know obviously legendary Arthur Weinstein from the Mug Club and everything, and you know I think he worked for Gation then as well at that time. So it was a really interesting time. All these people, mm-hmm. all these sort of you know those characters. I, mean, I don't want to say those characters don't exist anymore. Of course they do, but you know they they were kind of quite interesting characters <laughs> for New York. <laughs> There's st- I'm sure they're still around. We get we're. we're uh we're just in so deep now we don't realize it or something. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's just in general. I can't see that anywhere, really, you know. Yeah. Maybe I'm just like... Well, you're probably not hitting the clubs like you used to. <laughs> the problem is I do. But you're probably just in and out, you know. Well, yeah, but I'm still there. You're not right? waiting in line. Well, the problem you're you're not dealing with the bouncers and stuff. No. It's a no. different... You know, when you're waiting in line, a lot of stuff happens, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't wait in line. No, I know. No. 
facto. Yeah, but <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like that 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 whole part of you know that's a whole part of your night. You know, you like you got to buy tickets somewhere. You got to wait in line. You got to meet your friends. Go to dinner. You're not having all that experience anymore. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, I, I was. I think I was just too even too old for it then, because I've always done it from this side of the fence. Yeah. Really. I never really did it as a yeah as, as a anything else club goer as a club goer. Really, I was never a club goer. You know. So so this you know this in late nineties you're going to New York a lot. You meet these guys. Uh, yeah. And, uh, there are they coming over to Europe? To yeah, yeah. And I, I, I mean, Dave was very we were very closely involved with Downwards, and we worked quite a lot together. So we'd invite Dave to come over, and he DJ had done a lot of our early tours, especially in Spain. So, so we had a lot of scrapes. Yeah, it was really good. So you're going to play Spain was really a good place to go play in the nineties. Yeah, we used to. I mean, we used to start there on a Thursday, and we used to come back Sunday. We used to play four times a week there, and we used to, if we played Spain, maybe like. 12 times a month yeah it was just insane 12 times a month a month yeah 12 times a month Thursday to Sunday come back Thursday <laughs> to Sunday come back because at that point why didn't you just move there well the point well the thing was I know because well, that that would have ended in a disaster <laughs> well death because the thing is at that point Spain every little town and the whole place had a nightclub you know and obviously the yeah. The the owner of the nightclub, the the local haunt show had was the obviously the the, the drug dealer of all of it. But every little town had it. Yeah. So you could play every little town in Spain, and it was just insane. And they would just take care of you. And they would just take care of you. Yeah. And so you were you were, so you partied for a few years. That's about yeah a lot. <laughs> but it was I I mean I, I yeah because like I said to you I didn't really know what was going on so I just I went I went well I'm I'm in rock and roll I might as well do it really. You know? So you you stayed based in Bir- Birmingham and. Uh, mm-hmm. Just kept making records for a, for a long period of time. Kept making records, and then we stu- we had like um, another friend of mine who'd worked in distribution previously. Tony, he said, "Why don't we start our own distribution company?" And we did that, you know. And so we started our own distribution mm. company. And what that the name of that was? Yeah, that was Integral Music. Okay. Yeah, so that's that weird it. that that's you. I would remember seeing that. Uh, Those promos everywhere. Because yeah. the, the idea was was to put something back. Mm-hmm. Never a good idea. I'd never advise anybody to put something back. Just take everything you can and run, because it was. But but, but what are you going to put back? Uh, give something back to the community. So so the people <laughs> give people a chance. So to do they don't deserve doing a di- distribution as charity. Well, I think we will. <laughs> we try to sort of give people a chance, you know, and that was the. Yeah, it wasn't a ch- well, it, and it went really well. But for a while, as usual, yeah, it was great. You know, it was just. You know, and then you start, yeah, and then you get these records that don't sell, and then they pile up. And well, you know, even then it was like it, it was, yeah, it was. We just couldn't understand where we were selling all these records and where the money was going, and it was just all these kind of weird stuff. I think it's just when you got a bunch of kids involved with this, it was just such a, it was yeah. just weird. And then it was, and yeah. what that was based in? I was based in Birmingham, and you had like a office and stuff. Yeah, the office and everything, and uh, we we employed it. We employed a lot of kids, you know. And you're the boss. One of the one of the three. Yeah. Imagine that. Which which who who had the most authority? Well, that was the problem. Uh, was, yeah, you see that that's the problem. Some no authority. It was it was a, it was it was a community sort of thing between three people. So it was all a mess. And so, you distributed records, and this this was strictly techno stuff, or, or yeah, it was all techno, really. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I don't remember it. Being and it was kind of weird because we had like we just yeah employed a lot of our fr- you know people from America, Carl Meyer. From one of my brothers from Chicago, he came work for us, and he was sitting in the corner on the computer. And I used to say to my other 
business baton. He said, what's, what's he doing on the computer all day? And he just, oh, he's on this new thing. It's crap. I don't know what it's called. It's the internet. So what's that? And I said, I don't know, but he's been on it all day. And I said, oh, what a waste of time. Yeah. What's it doing? And he said, it's like, yeah, so Carl was like... Selling your records. <laughs> well, he wasn't selling the records. It was no, just, no. It was, the internet didn't work to that sort of degree. But it was just, a, yeah, I thought, well, what a waste of time. How can anybody possibly waste the time doing that all day on the computer? So, yeah, it was just weird. But he was... Um, Yes, yeah, so that was the first sort of taste of the internet, really. <laughs> and you're 30. Well, that was 27 or 27. something, yeah. And this is 2001. One, 2000? 97. Oh, 97. 97, 98, yeah. So this is, a lot of stuff happened in these few years. Um, you, jeez, uh, <laughs> so, so you put out one record and somehow you made enough money to start a distribution company? Well, we just... Yeah, we just did really well, you know. Yeah. You don't have to have a lot of money to start a distribution company. Yeah. But, yeah, we just... We but just it's a lot of work because the shipping records are heavy and... Yeah, no, but well, Tony on. was great because he had previous experience. He still does it. He's, he's, got, he's still got one in Berlin. He does a ready-made in Berlin. He's quite, oh, does he? Yeah, he's, quite, he's, quite, he's, he's still doing it, you know. Mm. So, but, yeah, it's just, you know, when you're a load of kids doing it, you don't know what you're doing and it's, uh, yeah. How long did it last for uh, four or five years. Yeah. yeah, it was good. It was really, really good. So, while well, it lasted, you know, but then it just the wheels fell off, and mm. yeah, and market. Um, and but this whole time you're so this is this is starts your 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 techno life. You know, you're you're really traveling and DJing and. Well, I never DJed. Oh, you oh, only no, play no, like yeah. I only 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 yeah. I got kind of only played s- with a backing track. Dad. Well, yeah, I, I sort of soon thought, well, okay, I need to maybe get a set together, and mm-hmm. I used MPC for years and. Yeah, it was never kind of the nightclub thing. I never really sort of saw myself as an artist or even wanted to be an so artist. So you just brought like brought brought your MPC on them, brought my MPC and battered them, and that was it. Really, I did a lot of ADAT stuff for a while. Cause I wanted to be like this sort of Adrian Show would do a lot of reggae dubs and everything like that. That people didn't understand that either. So you know, so you would mix the the ADAT with the yeah and dubs and yeah, but it kind of never worked because those things were so fragile and they yeah. used to come out in bits and it never used to work and. But yeah, you, know, you saw, you know, did a few loads of tours with people like DJ Hell in the early days and stuff like that. So yeah, it was kind of it was it was fun. Yeah. But you know, it's just the, my problem was I don't think I kept my eye on the ball really. To be honest, after coming to New York, I, don't, I think we we didn't stop celebrating until the end of the nineties. And by that time, we realised oh shit, maybe things had changed a bit as well by then. So you know, yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so so you put out a few records and and they got popular and then. Uh, you kept touring, and then, then, I guess the record industry kind of stopped or something at one point there. Uh, yeah. I know, like Syntax went out of business. I remember around Syntax. Yeah, who's who's Syntax? Nicodemus, wasn't it? Syntax. A lot of people worked there. You're like, well, we had got a lot of good friends who worked at Watts. Yeah, Watts. Uh, Watts, Watts was great. Yeah. A really good friend, Colin Strange, used to work there. I mean, he used to. I think I had. I mean, the thing was the legend. I mean, he used to work with Harry, Harry the Bastard, who was a. Uh, from New, I think he got deported from New Zealand. <laughs> but like I used, Colin used to get in Monday morning. Used to like four or five grams of coke, do all the one sheets, <laughs> and that was it. You know, and that was that was Watts really. Jeez. You know, so it was Watts syntax, and who else was there? Was I mean, there's downtown, but there there was something else as well. There was like, who's that woman who ran that other one? Judy Weinstein and the well, Judy's actually isn't that's they're, they're still isn't, isn't they still exist downtown one sixty one? It's still going. Is Judy's she's not. Arthur's no, yeah, yeah, yeah. She there's Judy Russell, Judy Weinstein, and then there's a that's the one that that was part of a leftover from the Paradise Garage kind of stuff. Yeah, 
And, but that one still exists now. But the yeah, they they got new uh, new owners. Okay. So it's all that. I mean, the there was a bunch of them. Syntax. And yeah, it was all that kind of time, really, when it was just... And there was safety in numbers. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. And there, was another, there was another one. There was a really another one. Oh, that woman ran it. She's brutal. Uh, what, who? I don't, this is really boring. No, yeah. I'm just curious, though. I yeah, yeah I, I can, I can, I'll remember it. I'll, I'll, I'll email it with the Flying Pickets record. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, but, uh, you know, 9-11 happened... I don't. It was it was around nine eleven, kind of before and after. Mm. Well, all, all this distribution stuff just kind of and Sonic Groove tried to had to move. I think you know what I think. Uh, I think everything finished for yeah. me personally. Yeah. It was just it was kind of weird. I don't think I came back to New York for a while after that. Yeah, and it? I think uh, somebody really inter- um, I think it was something actually Anthony Parasol said. It was almost a generation forgot a lot, lost the et- clubbing etiquette. But people just didn't go out or didn't. Yeah, the whole general, you know, it's like a few few years of people who forgot how to club, which seems like ridiculous, but there was this weird thing that never really happened, you know. And it was New York never really kind of for, for me personally, New York has been a different place since then, anyway, you know, yeah. for so many reasons, you know, for so many reasons. I, I mean, I talked about this before with other people, but I mean, there was, I mean, there was like electro clash or whatever, but I feel like, you know, there was this whole period between two thousand and two thousand ten, it feels like, a, you know the clubbing you know kind of retreated you know there was different parts of it there was like you know the, the like the dfa kind of rock disco yeah, that's about, yeah. and then there was like uh the gay gay scene kind of splintered off and then there was minimal techno kind of was yeah, it was kind of a sort of a proper techno club experience but nobody went to that stuff um and then there was like a whole another group of people that just kind of went to these like fashion parties like downtown yeah. Fashion parties, and, and that's kind of where I went, you know, because you would pay, play in a hotel lobby or a hotel bar, and you would get paid okay, and you could have someone come play, and they could stay in the hotel. But you see, th- I think that's what New York became. It yeah. beca- became you know, it's like you red velvet rope kind of thing. Yeah, it's kind of weird, you know. You've, yeah. you've made it if your band plays in a, a loft somewhere in Chelsea or something. You know, it almost seemed, you know, it was just weird. It was just kind of, it was just the whole thing, that really gritty edge and those sort of hooligan types yeah that's interesting that we're, we're complete you know they, they sort of you know because i mean the the thing I, I think about before is you know you think about music changes you know with new technology and uh you know what you brought up today makes me think differently because uh i always thought directly about the music you know like music changed when they brought in the electric guitar or mm. they brought in the keyboard or they brought in the computer um you know now you know if you put culture in with that then you can say music changed when they brought in the internet, you know, like something, something happened, you know, with music culture. Well, it, well, it did because we, we sell, we sell and we operate and we live on one platform now where that just didn't happen before. Yeah. There's, there's actually no, when people talk about underground, whatever underground is, it, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a redundant term, but it's, it's impossible to be anything other than, because we, 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 we exist on one platform. Oh, because, because underground was, you know, a different, it was regional. Well, exactly. You c- you could you or could, or you these c- networks that were yeah. You could ex- you could exist away from everything, you know. But now it's all, it has to be. You have to sort of sell or be in, on one platform, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, it it like I said, it changed overnight. It looks the same. I mean, music looks the same. Mm-hmm. It, f- it it sounds the same, but it's completely different. You know, it's just completely different to what it was. I mean, you know, people sort of say this vinyl resurgence and everything, but you know, that's not. Yeah, you know, that's the just pink. The pink, you know, just because it's 
Dark Side of the Moon or Bat Out of Hells being repressed on green vinyl makes no difference to anything. No, but I, I think, I mean, uh, it's got to get, it's going to be, there's going to be something cool. There's going to be, you know, it's going to, you're not going to realize it exactly when it happens. But Well, I don't want us to realize it. No. No, people, are people like, I just want people like us not to realize it. And they're just like, <laughs> Jesus and, and just be like, you know, like my granddad, just thinking this is disgusting, get up and so offended <laughs> by it and walk out. And that's exactly the way. It's got to be that way. It has to be that yeah. way. And I d- you I don't, don't want to know about it. You know, we don't want to know about it. Because it offends us on every level so badly that we just want to turn our backs on it. I mean, that, I mean, that's kind of the way I feel about, like, like it's already happening to me now. It's like, like you feel about fashion now. It's like the way people dress now, it's like, to me... Some I'm kind of okay with some of it, but some people I'm just like that is so bad, <laughs> like the clothes people are wearing now. In know? what in what way? I don't know. I mean, like I think I know what you mean. These like big ass filas or whatever, you know, like right, okay. just whatever they're wearing, like it just it, they're like it's like ugly on purpose or something, or yeah, you know, it, it's just you know. But then you realize that it's just a rebellion to whatever was cool before, you know, like well, that's all it is. Yeah, but then it also then you realize the cycles now. It's like you know, like. I really like skateboarding a lot. I follow it, like mm-hmm. current skateboarding, and I see the kids now. Like there's there's one kid, he like you know skater of the year, one of the best skaters, and he kind of dresses like Beavis and Butthead. Right. Like yeah. he wears like right. jean shorts and like weird socks and like kind of like low profile shoes, and like, Ironic. and like a bad t-shirt. No, but I don't know. But yeah. it's just a, but for me like, and it's the, the same thing we said before. Is like when you live the cycle the first time. And then it comes back around again. And you're like, I don't know if I can do it this time. I know? think the th- I think it's the third time around. That's the, the real. That's the, the, the second time around. Well, this is great. I recognize this. Yeah. I recognize. Yeah. But the third time around. So, oh, I'm nice. Stop. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and if you're lucky to get a fourth time, I don't know what happens then. But I don't want to be these like a you know like old man get off my lawn kind of stuff either. I'd like to. I'd like to keep progressing. You know, like. Well, I think it's unsavory to be down with the kids. I think it's you know you don't want to be Dutch Henry. I think you've got to be the old man, get off the lawn. <laughs> it's important. Because then they can annihilate us, and that's exactly the way it should be. I know it's, like, terrible, but, you know, we have to... It's like Logan's run. You sh- it should be, you know, should all be sort of annihilated <laughs> by the time of 30. Go on carousel, I'm blown up. But you're stuff. still going, man. I'm still going. They can't stop me. Well, you know, I, I don't know. It's just like, it's... it's. But it seems like, I mean, you're, you know, this really fast techno is in style again. Are you getting more gigs or what? It's just... You're still going. I think the thing is, I think I'm. St- I still get gigs by default. I'm not because I'm not dead. I think that. Well, then, then all of a sudden, think okay, there must be okay because you're not dead. So, so you've Possibly. reached. You've reached like another level. It's that kind. Of, yeah, respect. respect I'm mean, not. I, I certainly haven't you, reached that level, but you know, it's just not like, quite. Almost. Maybe almost, almost. five more. Years. That's the thing about almost. It's almost there. Yeah. It's in touching distance, but you know. Then it's always can, elusive. Then you can like a yeah. I don't know. I don't no, know I what mean, the you know, I, mean, are. I don't. I mean, I never seen it as a. Cr- I think a lot of people sort of see DJing now as a real career. Where I just didn't yeah, see that weird, because right? because it was just it was really new and exciting. Yeah. You know. I mean, I think people do really do that. People. A lot of people have managers now. Yeah. I mean, for God's sake, if you can't bring, you know, if you can't pick up a USB stick and bring that and put that in on your own. But it should be a good. I, I, it seems like it should make things better now that everybody has access to it. What mu- dance music? Yeah, it should 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 it like, should like elevate, you know. Since like now everybody can do it, the people that are really good at it should be able to, to yeah, to rise up. I think the thing was, but I think pre-internet, I think you know the 
we were talking about before that th yeah. there was always lots of strains of strains of dance music yeah. but the ship music was over there and you knew it was over there and you could see it over there but the problem is it's it's you know it's next to you what, what i think is bad music it's on you know and it's, you can't you know you can't really people really can't define what it is because it's it kind of looks the same it's all the same yeah, it's that, just, uh, what is know. that and that's so weird that that that's that that's that thing again is that you know when there's something that that is so close to what you like but you you know it's a poser and i know it's a poser and it, it, you know surely everybody else somebody from the outside looks at it and, and you're like pretty much the same yeah for some reason that stuff is so bad I don't know why it hurts so bad. Like, why? oh, it hurt. Of course, it hurts. But that's the, yeah, but you know, that's, that's that's the way it is. You know, I mean, I've, I've stopped. I mean, I'm not. I haven't got too much invested in it really anymore. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, if I'm to be honest with, you, I, I I enjoy going out and doing yeah, it, yeah. but it's just like it's not really. And you wouldn't do it if it wasn't fun when you're playing. No, you know, I, I do enjoy it a lot more now. Yeah, you know, I do. I do. I still do enjoy. It. I mean, some nights are, you know, well, the, some I'm, nights are better than the others. Once maybe. you're up there and playing, it's always pretty fun. Yeah. Once you great. get through all the other. The dinner really and the travel and yeah. the hotel, but when you're up there, yeah. and you're not waiting to play. You're not waiting for your money or whatever. Yeah, it God, I wish you could wait for money again. You know, it's like you don't even see it anymore. I, yeah. I, lo I love the the old days when you have to sit or sit till the end and wait for the like resident DJ to finish. And then you'd be in, then you'd be in the uh, office at the end with, yeah, the, with some with weird with guy snorting coke with, and, with and, he's, and he's five minders and everything, yeah. and they're getting three hundred oh. pesetas out the back. Jesus, yeah. get paid in like weird single bills, like four hundred lira in your back pocket, and a seven guilders and fifteen Deutsche marks and oh. stuff. It used to be great. You used to get home after those gigs, and think, oh, I've made it, and you just change it up. You have about five quid or something. Yeah, you have no idea how much <laughs> you just like, got paid. Yeah, but you know. yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I can't. I I got. I didn't really do it. I haven't did it. I just do. You did it a lot, you know. Not really. A couple of years, two or three years. I really. Or I. I mean, I. That's well, good. Sensible. Yeah. I. It wasn't quite worth it for me. It's too much. It's too hard on you. It's hard on your not living in Europe. It's hard. Oh, it's impossible. Yeah, I it's it's really it's you know it's 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 really really difficult. You have to be a tough person. A lot of the you know a lot of the Detroit guys used to have to travel week in week out back to Detroit back back to Detroit. You know they're, they're just hardcore man. With people. Yeah, but that's they're grafters. People who work and hard for it. That's what that's what you have to do. I mean, yeah. because I think pe you know people like myself as well. That I know the alternative. You know the alternative is doing jobs that just yeah soul zappingly de destroying you know I, I just know I always know the alternative you know <laughs> yeah but I mean but yeah how long do you think you, how long do you think you're gonna have to go <laughs> till you die or are you gonna do you have like a you haven't thought about it just thought about dying no not thought about dying like thought about stopping yeah well, I, th I think about stopping all the time but then I think about starting again and doing no I mean it's just one of those things. What it's not like a job. You can't retire. You know, you you do it because that that's what you do. I mean, it's like. But so now, like, if you're making a new record, it's you're. Uh, well, I've made. It, I haven't. I haven't. I don't really make a lot of records. I mean, I have actually. I mean, I have actually virtually got a new album ready for the first first one for a long time. I mean. And so and were you like you're making it because you know that's like part of the game or 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 you're well, really no, like it, feel well, like doing it. Well. I'm one of those people. Very, I'm very fortunate because I mean I haven't made an album for 20 years. Yeah. So you know I still get you know I've been involved with things like other stuff obviously with Dave with Samuel District yeah. and Blackest Ever Black and all these other. Um, I'm involved with music, but I've never really done anything on my. You know I don't do it to get gigs. No, that's for sure. So how did you? How did this like? When you're making a record, 
is it you know this is like stuff from like what the past five years or or t- took a while or you sat down and did it all no, in I, one? I did it this summer. I sort of really all in one I, summer. I, I really sat down and sort of thought, you know, this is what I want to do, and it came together. You know? And where you're doing this at your house or you got a yeah? Well, I've done it in various locations actually. I've done it in um, first time ever. I don't just I just want to sort of do something slightly different. You know, I didn't want to just be that home producer. Yeah, I want to sort of do things in different studios. Yeah. I worked in like. Einstein's and all in studio in um, Berlin. I worked in so the you studio had, like, in Milan. big metal sheets and you're just banging on shit. I couldn't touch their sheets. <laughs> <laughs> you got the grinder out. Yeah, but I, they're great. They're great producer, Boris. We went in there. One of the bands that I work with, my disco, he was playing bass on it. And it was, it's not really a dance record, but it's something. I mean, if you really want to move forward, if you're talking about moving forward as an artist and really want to try and do something truly brave you have mm. to really break out of what you've done previously so you really had this idea of a concept of something you wanted to try or you were just like i'm just going to go to the studio and see what well it was it, it was in my head it was like i said i live in my head so it's yeah. completely natural for me to do what i do you know it's it's, it's you can trace that you know you can trace what it's got traces of re- what i do in it regis in it so mm. you know we'll see how it works out you know but it doesn't you know, we'll say it works out. but what do you, i mean what i don't understand like what is your process like if you i'm going to go and like me thinking if I'm going to go into somebody else's studio, I always like, I'm always like, where's the pro one? Or like, you know, I'm, I like gravitate towards these instruments that I know. But if, you know, if, but if, if you had that opportunity to go into someone's studio like that, which is probably a completely different environment than you're used to, like what, what do you take out of there? Are you, I think, I think as you get in there, it's like the synergy and stuff. You could, you could, you, it's, it's an amazing feeling with space or, a recording space when you have to create something from scratch. Mm. I mean, at home, we're very used to editing now in our lives. You know, we can sit at home, we can edit a track to yeah. the life out of it, you know, but to actually create something in a space, you know, that's really interesting. I mean, it's not dance music. I mean, that dance music doesn't work that way. Techno or house doesn't work that way. You have to do that at home, you know. But, but it's electronic music. Electro- yeah, synthesizer music. <laughs> but with, with the big metal sheets. A bit of that, a bit of bass, but just are you just like sampling bass. stuff? Or yeah, like just like heavily sampling stuff, but then recording stuff live as well. And you're still using the MPC, or you're just some kind of similar sequencer thing with your computer? Well, yeah, I mean, it's just like yeah, I mean, it's just like Ableton. Yeah, is Ableton good stuff like you know, yeah, all that type of stuff. It was just I use I, need, I use that as you would a t- twenty-four track tape recorder. You know, I yeah. don't really, I don't use that as a as a tool for production. Yeah, you know, but it's like you know, just get sound sources from everywhere, really. You know, but so you're. Uh, like when you have an idea, you're, are you like, okay, I'm going to play this keyboard line or, oh, I want to sample this sound? And yeah, I mean, I, mean I suppose that's, I mean, it's instinctive, isn't it? Making music, it's instinctive. I never really sort of. But yeah, I mean, you don't like start off with the 4 4 kick or something. Or well, I, I, I really do 4 4 music. And, you know, I really I find that I, I gravitate towards other stuff. I can pin it down to a 4 4 beat, something else within the track. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm just it's just breaking with tradition of what I've done and. I just want to do something that's co- quite interesting and, you know. And so this is a Regis record. Regis record. A Regis LP, quadruple vinyl. Gatefold. Everyone is... It gate- actually might be a gatefold. Gatefold. And, and, uh, I mean, we're in, we're in the end times now. Who knows? This might be the last record that, you know, by the next time there might not be records left. Just, you know, so this is it. I'm I don't know. I mean, I, do you want to put out a record? Yeah. You want You want there to be a record? I'm not sure anymore. No, I, I mean, no, I agree with you. No, no, I'm completely with you. I mean, I, I kind of want to do CDs, but there's no way people no, are going to buy I CDs. I just love CDs. So I do much. too, but I there's no way. I adore CDs so much. I mean, do you? I mean, I buy them all, all the cheap ones up now because everyone's, yeah. you know, you, all of a sudden you can acquire. If you wanted, you know, jazz for instance, you could acquire the greatest jazz collection for about under fifty dollars or something because yeah. people don't want it. But that's the thing. But um, 
that's just because I'm cheap. Me too. Like, I don't care what form. I don't really like tapes that much, but no. I just, that's the reason why I bought records, because they were cheap. They were yeah, cheaper than CDs, so you bought them. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, sometimes it was the only way. But then now CDs are, seem to be cheaper than records. Yeah. But nobody even has a CD player or they have, you know, they're, I don't know. Well, this is, the, this is why I don't, I, and you still need something though, you know, like. Yeah. No, I love CDs. I love CDs. I'm, I'm completely with you on that. But I'm just, yeah, I just don't understand stuff anymore. I mean, I, I didn't only until recently realize CDs weren't a th- CD players, you couldn't really buy them, and there was no CDs in computers anymore. I just didn't even. They don't even have them in cars now. There's just yeah, like don't a have aux cars plug and stuff, you know. So th- it's almost like everything does pass me by. I'm kind of existing in the world in some sort of way, but I'm kind of clinging on to something that doesn't, you know. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you still have to put out a record. It's some. It's some <laughs> kind of a whatever. No, I do. I, I mean, I do like. I think I do like it for some reason. Yeah. I mean, for many reasons, I'm not too sure if it's going to be viable for people to do that yeah. in the future. But, you know, that's just that's just the way it is. That's nothing against the format. That's just... No, I, mean, I like records too, but, you know, fun to look through. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just the whole digging thing, I don't know. I mean, I, in, your, in the thing, okay, that's, that's digging. <laughs> yeah. That really is truly digging. Yeah. I mean, I, I never understood that really. I mean, you know, some people are great at it. And I, I mean, for me, I, I, I like to listen... My it's good for me because it's it puts a it's like the same reason why I like the SB12. Yeah. You know, you have like a limitation. You know, like I got five seconds. Well, for like me, the, the thing it's like I my limitation is this store and and you know. Well, that's what actually me and Dave did a record yeah. on. We had all this fantastic equipment downstairs, but yeah. we got the SB12, and that was great. Yeah, I mean, it sounded awful, but it was we had fun with it. Yeah, I, it's just the process, the way it works. It's like a, it does what it's. But I love that simple. Might do you need it, you these know. limitations? You know, it's like that's. That's my limitation do. of digging is like, yeah. I'm only going to get from these shitty records. Like if you start thinking like I can, I'm digging on Discogs, like it's never going to end and you don't have enough money for that. No, it's just, and it's just, you know, and when you get it, you kind of, it's like I grab, get it and you file it and it's like the let down is the next thing really big that you've got it. Well, I played on the radio once. And yeah. You play, okay. At least you do stuff. Yeah, I try to. And then when you die, your wife sells it all anyway and goes on holiday. <laughs> it's worked out so far, you know. I, it'll probably be me that's selling. I I don't know. One day, I think about selling it. If anybody wants to buy my entire collection, but how would you even go about doing that? I mean, you, got, you know, was just I would. Like, I would. Tr- I mean, you think about. Uh, I don't know. There'll be. So, I mean, I I I started to. Um, one of the guys that works at Rubadub, he told me that he list he, you can put all your stuff on Discogs as a collection, oh. not listed for sale. And then you can sort by most expensive, and then you can like see what's worth a lot of money, and you'd be like, well, "That's worth five hundred dollars. I don't care about that record. Wow. I would rather have five hundred dollars." And he just sells the expensive ones. So there's there's that method. And then, uh, other thing would be just I, I know a lot of people that own record stores. You know, you could just sell them the entire collection, yeah. and they come come get them. I don't have to touch them. I mean, I don't them. think my collection would be worth anything. Like it's just in the pennies. You'd be surprised. It's really? weird. Is it weird? I don't, I, I'm not, I'm only recently looking and seeing how much stuff is worth, but it's like to imagine that one record is worth $500. What's the most you've ever spent on a record? Like 30 bucks. Really? Yeah. That's, <laughs> all, I mean, that's a lot of money. No, but it'd be like a brand new record. I think, no, uh, yeah, it would be like a brand new reissue that's like a double, you know, like something. 190 grand buy. Yeah. Which is which is rubbish as well because I always you know you know I was told years ago where well, this is right and like the really thin vinyls the best sounding yeah because it's so thin you know these thick vinyls and it sounds I don't know it's just this fetish I don't care how stuff sounds it's a thirty quid thirty dot thirty dot no, exactly well I do for CD I like I like it to sound the best it can 
because I'm vir- you know I'm virtually deaf, so I kind of like to sound it. You know, I did. I mean, I did. Uh, I get. I'm not. I'm. I have a friend that pirates stuff for me. I like. I'll like find stuff I want, and he'll like find me the files. Mm-hmm. But the one that I got recently is like the Black Devil Disco Club. There's a remastered version from 2015. Right. Because I want to know how he does the vocal effect, so I want to hear it better. <laughs> well, that's great. That, but that's research. Yeah. But that's so you know. like that. I don't know. I, that's that's when I could a, a really appreciate a CD yeah, or a digital okay, yeah. file, you know. But um, well, that's research purposes. That's that's fine. Yeah, like because I because you, you know when you can really hear the thing, you could be like, how, how did you do that? that? Sounds good. You know, how did you do that? I have no idea. I think some kind of ring mod thing. I I don't know what it is. Okay, I, wanna, okay. I, I tried to ask him, but when I met him, he barely his his English wasn't very good, and he just I just kept laughing at him because he had like a funny shirt on. But he seemed like he, if we got along. It's like one of those people, like, you know, you meet people and there's like a language barrier. Yeah. But you keep just standing next to him anyway because you feel yeah, like yeah. you kind of get along. Well, I used to do that because I used to live in Berlin quite a lot. And I yeah. used to have these conversations with old ladies in supermarkets. I can't, couldn't speak German. Yeah. I was, but I used to know a few words that yeah. like would keep the conversation going. Yeah. You know? But it was, it was the same. That's my uh, Black Devil story. Good one. <laughs> It's a good one. That's all I got because I, I just, he, he, he's, he's one of these people that seemed really ahead of his time with his music. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. How, how long? I told you I'd give you a warning at two hours. It's been two hours and 20 minutes. Really? No, I did. How, how do you feel? Do we, do we miss any, any major uh, stuff? No, I think we, we, could go to, we can go on we and on. Got, we made it. We did it pretty good. We got to your new album. Your new album's pl- coming out. You know out. what? I plugged the new album. Actually, that's an exclusive. No one knows about that. Oh. So there you go. No, no one cares. That's fine. Well, they'll find out about it. Maybe this will come out after it comes out. When's it coming out? Is it next year, probably? Yeah. The, the records take so long to come out now, so... And you're still, you're going to make a record. You have the art already? Yeah, man. Do you do it? concept of marriage, pardon? No, I don't. That's the only thing I wish I could, that's the only thing I can never do. I, c- I always have to rely on the people for our yeah. work. But you come up with the complete idea. Oh, yeah, you got, have somebody yeah. that. Yeah, me on the, me on horseback. <laughs> but that's cool. I mean, it, I like working with it, because de- I always have that, I'm, I'm the same way too, when you have like a design for something, you like know exactly how you want it. And then you find these certain designers and you can tell them that. And they like, can do it. It's great, right? Yeah, I like working with those but people. I, th- I think I think designers appreciate that a lot more than people who have got no idea whatsoever. Yeah, yeah I know, think so too. You know, because it just it does help. You know. But yeah, no, that's it. Really, it's just like um, we didn't miss anything. Now you're a transatlantic. <laughs> trans- here we go. Your accent is wearing off. Yeah, you sound American now, but you're still water. You're still back <laughs> back in. Well, that's Boston, I think. Water. What? Well, yeah, there's a, Philly's got a specific accent as well. I only realised I'm getting to sort of know this quite a lot, really. You know, <laughs> I think Philly's got rude. Something like yeah, that. Until you go to like Kentucky or places like. That. Yeah, I've been. I've been down the Kentucky. Tennessee. I've been. To, I did a road trip. On, well, not not. On that I'm planning to do the southern states, but yeah. Yeah, you should go, man. I love it. I did Utah. I, I want to try. I mean, I'm I'm from Texas. We went um, in the summer. We spent most of July. My family has like a compound or I don't know what it used to be a girls camp in the 20s so it's like on the river but my parents built an off-the-grid house and uh, I'm gonna try to start spending uh, like one of July there like every summer wow and then hopefully longer but yeah <laughs> then go for have a five Texas a, yeah but it's pretty nice if, if, you, if you're driving by in July maybe isn't that sto- stop and go swimming or something <laughs> I'd love to I would, I'd love to you might get burnt, but you know, just oh god, yeah. But pale. you just have to pick the time when you go outside. You know, is there any crocodiles or anything? In there? No, no, nothing. We got the only thing we have a uh, um, that's scary is a uh, there's rattlesnakes, but but they they have a rattle, so you know that when you're 
they warn you, you know, you're the sound. Okay, that's good. And it's, it's frightening. Yeah. And you and you leave, and so do they. And, and I've never had a problem. And then we have we also have uh, wild pigs, wild boars. Oh, wild boars. Okay. Yeah. And but they also hear you. You can hear them coming, and you can just climb a tree. But they're pretty scary. They'll kill your dogs right, okay. and stuff like that. Really. Yeah. We have to keep, yeah, we have to look after that. Yeah. Sort that out. Watch out for your dogs, you know. Cats. They're not going to win that battle. Um, no, wild bulls are brutal. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well now we're we're reaching for for something now. I don't yeah, know but no, it's, that's it really. Yeah, techno, it's all great. It's all, we're all doomed. Records are over. And uh, someone, the kids are going to take. But buy, buy my new album. <laughs> buy, buy, buy my new album because it's going to be the last chance you'll get, you and, know, own a, bit, own a bit of history. You know, yeah. I'm curious, though, and, and do those... You said um, some of the people you work with, are you, are they going to be like listed on there, like part of the yeah the bio thing? Yeah, so it's going to be like be a, I've got a, I've got a band. I want some liner notes. Oh, yeah, I miss liner notes. Yeah, I want, you know you pick extensive. It, you, you read it, you know, like the CD yeah. book. I like that, oh, and it has some photos and tells you stuff. Tells you stuff, recording process, and you know whatever you know. I, I wanted to put like lists of instruments on record sometimes with, when I was in a band a long time ago, and the other guy was like. I think that's great, though. Yeah, I do too. Are I you that? Bo- I mean, I I am that boring. I I would read lists of instruments. I think that's so yeah, good. for sure. No real instrument. You're I mean, not, I mean, not, not and the thank yous and all that stuff. Thank yous are great. Yeah, and then you can see who they like. You know. Yeah, I've done that a few times. Thank yous. Like, why not? Mum and dad. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, people with their parents. I never do that. You, you know? just put my family. That co- <sighs> yeah. cover, covers all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Sort them all out. It won't. It won't fail. Yeah. But um, uh, thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much, uh, uh, Mr. Carl. <laughs> What's your middle name? My real middle name? Yeah. Edward. Edward. Carl Edward O'Connor. Yeah. I don't think anyone knows that. Carl Edward. Yeah. It's pretty, it flows. It's all right. It's fine. I'm just into, I don't know, names. They've got to go as well. The end of names have got to happen soon. Sounds like you don't want to leave, but we're going to finish up now. And we're, uh, gone. we're done. Up. We're done. And uh, um, I'll see. You can come back sometime when, after your album comes out, and we'll see if it fails or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thanks so much.